0: Happy Labor Day, everybody. God damn it. Happy Labor Day, Leftover Army. I hope everybody had a happy and safe Labor Day weekend. Uh, Jake and I for this episode. Jake was feeling sick last week, couldn't do the episode. I, uh, Frank, was, God damn it. Happy Labor Day, everybody. I hope everybody had a happy uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, this week on the show, God, I I'm having a hard time with this. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Um, what the fuck was that? Um, still feeling like crap today. I'm really trying to just push through this right now and try to sound upbeat, uh, for everybody. But, um, yeah, um, whatever. I'm so stupid. I'm recording this as I'm at home and feeling ill. So, yeah, good times. But, um, we got about, I think, three hours or so, and, um... I don't know, um...
1: Oh, fuck.
0: Okay, here's the Cliff Notes version of the intro I'm trying to record. Jake was sick last week, Frank is sick this week and couldn't make it, and I got sick during the episode. So, yeah, I apologize. Send all your hate mail to brian at popcultureleftovers.com. Enjoy. Episode 56.
2: There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all I don't want Brad, but it's all done before, and we don't want to be a copycat, we're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids, it, it,
3: it's a trap!
2: going to it, going do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the tougher Tupperware party! Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture! Leftovers, and you the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said? Leftovers, and you're the The band that's singing is Pop Culture Leftovers. Next, we have a very, very big group by the name of Pop Culture Leftovers.
0: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're We're the the Leftovers.
3: leftovers. All right. Yeah. uh, Two weeks off. Right? Two weeks off? Two weeks off. Hey, what was that really jive audio drop from? Oh, man.
0: Uh, at the beginning there? Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. It's like one of the hip hop groups that I was kind of into, like in, like, the, right after the 90s. It was like, uh, it was uh,
3: Jurassic Five. Oh, I love Jurassic
0: Five. Yeah, Quality Control. That was like from the beginning of that song, dude. I love, I love Jurassic Five. They're still
3: doing their thing. Are they
0: really, yeah. man? I haven't listened
3: to their shit in a long time. Yeah, I, I liked them a lot. Yeah, big it, they, fan. it was kind of them versus the Roots back in that era. Yeah, and, and I was on the wrong side, liking Jurassic Five more too. I think I, I'm in the Jurassic Five fan club too, man. Yeah. So good stuff. I knew that sounded familiar. I was like, gosh, what is that for?
0: Yeah, dude. I was like on a, a couple nights ago, and I was like. Man, what was that group? What was that group? Oh, Jurassic 5. I was on a Jurassic 5 kick the other night. Just kind of like listening to that shit, you know? There you go. So, yeah, man. Two fucking weeks off. We're back. Episode
3: 56. I was sick, man. Yeah, you were. Ugh. I was. Who's sick this week? Frank is sick this week. Yeah. Yeah. If he's got anything like what I got. Well, I I had straight up bronchitis, but. Right. uh, I hope he doesn't have that. I was laid up. Yeah,
0: I thought I was getting strep a few days ago. I'm good. I don't know. My immune system's still kicking.
3: There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I was drinking lots of orange juice trying to get it, yeah. get it where it belonged. But Yeah.
0: I thought it was cool, though, man. I put it out there on Facebook. You, you know, I had some uh, shit from the uh, cutting room floor. If people want to listen to it, just like the post. We
3: got over 60 likes on that bitch, so I was like, let's throw it up. Let's do this. Yeah, that was a fun podcast for me, too. I didn't know. I was like, oh, my gosh, what footage did Brian have?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. So, um, yeah, we're back, though. So, man, so how's your two weeks off been since, uh, since the sickness and all that shit?
3: It's been great. Basically, right when I got sick is right when the uh, 12-day Simpson Marathon started. And so I've just been, you know, sick and laid up live tweeting the Simpsons marathon. Is that and still it, going on right now? It's still going on. Isn't it, that fucked up? The, the 12, it's, it's still going on. Yeah. Did it start when our last episode? It started um, Thursday, uh, but not the Thursday before the last. Yeah. So it, after our last episode. That's nuts. It is nuts. It ends at 10 p.m. tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and they've gone through all the seasons. I'll be live tweeting that final episode. Nice. So. You know what they need to do? What's that? They need to take all the old fucking shorts that were in the Tracy Ullman show. Oh, yeah. And put those like on a disc. Do you know, Um, this is interesting. She actually sued the Simpsons estate. Really? Yeah, because she was claiming that she deserved money for the Simpsons because of her show being the reason of the Simpsons popularity and whatnot, that she wanted her cut. And so there's a little bit of bad blood with all that stuff and the Tracy Ullman shorts.
0: That's bizarre, and, too, because a lot of the people that were on
3: the Tracy Ullman show
0: were actually some of the voice actors, I believe, on yeah, The Simpsons.
3: Yeah, it was just her personally that sued The Simpsons' estate and everything. It has bad blood. And I believe yeah. even her at one point did um, a guest spot on The Simpsons. The, the suit is actually like within the last five years, I believe. Oh, wow. So, Yeah weird. And Tracy Ullman didn't have any money, so That's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she had that short-lived
0: HBO series there for a while. Yeah. And I think she played the mother of Robin
3: on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. As fondly as that show is looked back at by a lot of people, the Tracy Ullman show, it really wasn't a ratings darling. No. Um, The Simpsons blew the ratings out of the water right from the gate. Simpsons
0: was the only show that was competing with anything
3: from like the big three networks back in the day. Yeah. It was the first show to beat the Cosby show on must see TV Thursday nights. Yeah. Well, that's the whole like uh, what's the doctor's name? Dr. Huxtable? Yeah. Well, that's not his name. Oh, oh, oh. The Simpsons. Yeah, Dr. Hibbert.
0: Dr. Hibbert. His character is based off Bill Cosby's character Dr. Huxtable like that first episode like his whole kitchen and everything looked yeah. like the set from the Cosby show his, his
3: wife too wife everything yeah. yeah Bernice I think yeah so yeah yeah. we're already going off on a little bit of a Simpsons tangent
0: exactly Yeah. That's,
3: so you're going to be live tweeting that last episode I'll be live tweeting the last episode I'm going to I just want to be there for the last episode how can people follow you on Twitter I am at two sheds but it's the number two and sheds with an extra D yeah so it's um, two S H E D D how can people follow me on Twitter, Jake? Um, I don't know. They can't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they can follow you at Pop Culture Leftovers. Yeah, I post
0: on that, but I don't have a personal Twitter. I don't have a personal Facebook anymore. I I don't know. I, is it because I'm? Have I become like the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi? Have I have I gone? Have I gone over to that side where I'm just like a hermit against Whoa. social media when it comes to that shit?
3: That kind of being the Obi Wan Kenobi kind of implies that at some point things are going to become so dire that you're going to come out of hiding Ugh. and be back. Yeah. Right? I, don't, I don't see that in the <laughs> forefront. I don't want. You're no. more like you're more like the Yoda. You're away, and you're yeah. just, you're just away until you're dead. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, alright, uh, I wanted to talk about a couple things here real quick. Couple of announcements. Uh, we still have the leftover league going on. Uh, the draft is gonna be October 4th. It's for the NBA, NBA Fantasy League. How many people so far? Dude, I think we only need like four or five more people. In a 20 person league? For a 20 person league. Nice. So there's like three guys that still haven't like confirmed their invites yet. So, I'm gonna to get to them. I, I think I resent it. Jeffrey Tuhig, I know you're one of them um but i know yeah so
3: so, i don't know check your spam folders too when's the draft for that october 4th october 4th what day is that on
0: uh i think it's a saturday oh gotcha and we're gonna i don't know i can change the date if we need to but uh yeah um that'll be fun
3: live draft two minutes in between each pick yeah you should podcast the draft That'd be fun. I might do that. Yeah, you can rip on everyone's picks and yeah. then put out the audio of that. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about
0: after like our show, Pop Culture Leftovers, yeah. after like the end credit music, having like a 15 to 20 minute show where we recap the week in the NBA in our league. Oh, gotcha. And getting like another host, somebody that's like in the league. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, while you do this, I'll be
3: playing Game Boy.
1: Exactly.
3: <laughs> you might be paying, playing like old school double dribble on the NES or some <laughs> shit. Yeah. He's on fire. Well, that's that's NBA Jam. Oh, NBA Jam. That shit was fun. Oh, I love NBA Jam. Boom shakalaka.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted to talk about, we had uh, on Facebook some ALS videos. Frank put his out there first. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's wearing the wig. Yeah. I don't know. Was, that, was, that, was that, I've never seen a white streak in uh, Wonder Woman's hair, though.
3: Yeah, and I saw a lot of people saying that the wig was kind of a cop-out because it protected him from the cold of the water. What? I what? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the wig was so massive right. that he's, he's dumping all this ice water onto something that's not even him.
0: Well, I, you know what? Maybe that's true, but nothing could protect me from that
3: fuck it, fucking bucket to the face. <laughs> oh, man. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. <laughs> you really put yourself out there there. I really did. I said, fuck it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. Care. I hadn't
0: seen anybody do the flash
3: dance thing, so I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it." That's good stuff. I mean, it's hard to think of an original way to do the ice bucket challenge right. now that you know ten million people have done the ice bucket challenge. Yeah, true. So. Good, good on you. At least you yeah. did it different than everyone else.
0: I was like, I was kind of like in shock when that bucket hit me in the face. I didn't know, like, I was like, oh, "Holy shit! Am I gonna re-record this?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'll leave it in there." Yeah, yeah, that thing jacked me in the face, dude. I kind of had like a little welt on my lip there for a couple days. Yeah, that
3: was that was brutal. <laughs> I got to tell you, I watched that at least six times. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and uh, Dan West, he put up a video. Yeah, I saw Dan's. Dan yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was good. Good. T- good stuff. So, so, I, you know, I got challenged last week to do it, and I copped out because I have the bronchitis. Yeah. Um, I, I plan on donating, but I'm, I want to figure out exactly where the exact place I need to donate is because I've been reading lots of articles about how there's been a little bit of faultiness going on with oh, some really? of the donation sites and everything. Gotcha. And I don't want to goof up. If anyone out there knows, like a reliable you know donation source I'd post that on our Facebook page I'd love to be able to know yeah I don't want to send my money to some guy that's going to buy a car right and not like actually help with the Luke Gehrig disease you know you just
0: sent all your you sent like all of your uh,
3: you know 10 15 20 bucks to fucking Nigeria or something (laughs) you know (laughs) what I mean you know, um, this is terrible, but um, were you a fan of the Dennis Leary stand-up? Yeah. back in the day. Yeah, I used I was, to watch the uh, London Underground shit too, where he used to host that stuff. He d- he does that line that I can't help but always think about when we're talking about all this ice bucket challenge, where he's like the he's like, "Oh, Lou Gehrig disease." Bet bet Lou Gehrig didn't see that one coming. <laughs> it's like, oh, what a terrible joke. <laughs> yeah. Um hey what about uh, some of the okay,
0: some of the uh, ALS celebrity videos out there? Yeah. Have you seen some?
3: I've seen a bunch of them, yeah. Which ones are? you I'm trying to liked? think of what's what's been really memorable. I'm a big survivor nut, so I've seen about like 30 different survivors doing them. And, I haven't seen a single survivor one. So. Yeah. Um gosh, who have I seen? The Ben Affleck one. I mm-hmm. saw that was kind of funny. I didn't see that one. Um his wife's in it too, um Jennifer Garner. Um, who else did I see? I saw Henry Cavill's yeah. in the Superman suit. Yeah, they d- they doused him like seven or eight times, I yeah, think. Yeah, he took a super the super ice bucket challenge. Uh-huh. Stan Lee. I didn't see Stan Lee. Yeah, Stan Lee,
0: uh, during, he, was, uh, he had a, an appearance at Wizard World Comic Con, and uh, he agreed to the challenge. Uh, the Wizard World CEO, John Macaluso, uh, he was like, you know... Saying, you know, get ready for all this cold water, blah blah blah, and then he drenched a Stanley Funko Pop figure instead. Oh, that's so a cop out, cop out, and then Stan. I actually thought that they were really going to do it, and he said he was scared stiff. <laughs> so, um, but then Lee himself, he challenged uh, President Barack Obama, the Russian President Vladimir Putin, and then North Korean leader Kim Jong Un. Has anyone accepted? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I saw, I think I saw like a, uh, one of the
3: sand people like do it to R2. R2 I was E2. getting ready to bring that up too. Yeah. I, I saw that one. Yeah. I've seen a few. I, I think I saw Mark Hamill's. Mark Hamill did do one. Yeah. Yeah. All Al Mark Hamill. I saw Robert Downey Jr. do it. I saw. Oh yeah. I saw Chris Hemsworth do it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Charlie Sheen did it, but he did it with like a bucket of confetti
3: or something. Oh jeez, Kind of lame so matt damon did it with toilet water really yeah hmm Is trying to say something about his last few movies yeah i don't know um oh, gosh i'm trying to think i saw i've seen so many of them it's all just a big blur of ice bucket challenges i watched a um ice bucket challenge fail video that you could have easily been a part of it was pretty great stuff it was like Five minutes of people hitting themselves in the head with the bucket and all kinds of mishaps, you know. Well, see, okay, the reason I had two buckets, yeah. is because I didn't know if it was going to go off
0: with you know without a hitch, yeah, and uh, so I had a second bucket just in case, like the first bucket didn't like like the water didn't hit me in the face, so yeah. I didn't had I had no idea that the whole fucking bucket was going to hit me in the face, <laughs> so I still hit myself with the second bucket.
3: Yeah, you should you should watch one of these uh, compilations. They're all over. They're pretty funny. Nice. It's five minutes of someone hitting themselves in the head with a steel bucket and such. Is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Got anything else before we jump into good pop, bad pop this week? Do you want to um, do you want to talk about the live tweeting of our show before yeah, we jump into yeah, good pop, bad Yeah, we should do that. Pop?
0: No, I want you to. T- yeah, you take control of that. You do that.
3: Um, we, we've got our new, well, I'm ill-prepared for this. I'm like, let me bring this up and I'm not even ready to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it was something that we've been having people do
0: is if they want to, while they're listening to the episode, is they can live tweet the episode and their thoughts about the episode. And we've had a few people. I think, uh, David Isaac's done it.
3: Um, um yeah, um, it's at Brooke. What's that? Oh yeah, uh, she's like, Really into it, yeah. And it was—it's something that I brought up at the very end of one of our episodes too. Yeah. I asked if we could get some live tweeters. So the fact that we got you know four or five people doing it, I was really excited about it. Yeah, it seemed like it was right after you published the episode. Mm-hmm. Within like the first couple hours of the episode going up, yeah. Um, Brooke was on top of it. Yeah, and then um, she did like the entire episode too. Yeah, she did the entire episode. Gosh, I'm horrible. I'm like trying to find. The stuff on my twitter account but i can't for nothing (laughs) come on twitter work work with me there we go there we go got it at brookita 37 that's b-r-o-o-k-i-t-a number three number seven yeah and i am naming her our first official live tweeter of pop culture leftovers
0: yeah it was exciting I,
3: i was having a lot of fun reading those throughout the day so, yeah, everyone give Brooke more follows, and you can follow along as she live-tweets our next episode. Yeah, um, as people are
0: live-tweeting our next episode, what's our hashtag? We want this to, like, start trending, as
3: daunting and impossible as it seems. Now, what is our? what are we going to go with? Are we going to go with PCL live-tweet? I think so. Is that what we're going with? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's short and sweet. You don't want these to be too long because yeah. you don't want to take away from the characters of your um, – Insults about us and corrections, and things we say. Exactly. Yeah. exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, and for my ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, I cha- challenged Dante real quick. Wanted to throw that out. Oh, has he done it? He hasn't done it, but I know he. No, he recorded it, and he's going to throw it up on our page here shortly on Facebook. Oh, gotcha.
3: So, are you going to correct him and tell him what he did wrong? I am. I'm, t-
0: <laughs> I'm totally going to continue this thing
3: <laughs> in every way. Oh, uh, that's funny. So yeah, um, I appreciate all the live tweeting from everyone out there doing it. Um, We'll have to get better at this and concrete maybe the time that everyone can start the episode at the same time or something. Yeah, you but know, not everybody's going to have the same time. And so, like, throughout the week, it'll be fun to just read these throughout the week, too. Exactly. That's what's fun about it. Just tweet your opinions about the episode as you listen to it. And <laughs> right. that's all it really takes to be a Pop Culture Leftovers live tweeter. Exactly. You can be just a mediocre live tweeter.
0: But we, we're a mediocre <laughs> and, podcast. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. Good pop, bad pop? Let's do it. All right. Drop it. It is time for Good Pop, Bad Pop, two weeks off from this. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's time
0: for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Mm. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we either liked or disliked. Sometimes throughout the show, we will rate things, and if you're new to the show, We want you to be familiar with our stupid-ass rating system. (laughs) It's
3: been two weeks, I forget, too.
2: The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party.
0: Do you think people actually listen to our rating system when Clive goes over it because I mean seriously like do they block out the rating system and are they just like entranced by this beautiful creamy british
3: accent? Oh, wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's 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 yeah, it's like butter. It's beautiful. <laughs> I was just thinking about um our stupid rating system. And, and it's like we do this we do this thing so much and now it's like I say this stuff to people that have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. They're like, hey, so what'd you think about whatever movie and I'm oh, like, I know. You Oh got- I I tupperware that Right. And they're like what? I gotta stop myself from doing
0: that. But I think about it. Yeah, yeah. it's like you know, it's like people tell me, like, what do you think? and I'm saying, Oh, it was
3: a taste it and yeah. it's like I gotta stop myself from saying that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, these people don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Exactly, because they don't listen to the show. They're smart. They're like, oh, that weirdo, he tasted it. (laughs) 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 Stay away from that movie. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, um, that's our rating system. If we don't like something, we toss it. If we like something, we taste it. And uh, if it's absolutely fucking amazing, it's a Tupperware. If we both fucking think it's amazing. It's a Tupperware party. There you go. All right. Okay, let's see here. Um, First thing I wanted to talk about, Jake, you know those ads that they place before the movie where it says, like, you wouldn't do this, would you? Oh, yes, 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 with the guy in the hoodie. The guy in the hoodie, the dude in the hoodie. He's recording the film (laughs) as the movie's going on, looking shady as fuck, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. They talk about how it can get you, you know, prison time. Well, apparently... This is not bullshit. No, it's not. This is not bullshit. BBC News shared the story of a gentleman, Philip Danks. He's 25 years old. He was sentenced by a judge in Wolverhampton for illegally filming from the back of the theater and uploading the movie Fast and Furious 6. My bet is he was wearing a fucking hoodie, too. (laughs) Oh, man. This
3: is is bad for everyone that likes hoodies. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) totally. It's like, well, don't wear them to the theater. Yeah, I think those commercials are kind of bad because honestly, I, like the idea never occurred to me until the commercial. Yeah, and then I see the commercial, I'm like, oh shit! You know, my iPhone has really good video <laughs> right. qualities. So yeah, right. I, I could totally record this movie. Yeah, when the thought never had crossed my mind. Until exactly. Now I'm like, yeah, maybe I should do that.
0: Well, they're almost. It's almost like they're teasing you. Like they're like tempting you to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just don't wear a hoodie. Don't look suspicious. Exactly. That's my tip. Right. All right, so yeah, this guy Philip Danks. He's recording the movie Fast and Furious Six. The movie was then downloaded. His copy of this movie was then downloaded seven hundred thousand times, Oof. resulting in the loss of quote millions of pounds, according to the Federation Against Copyright Theft, which they're accurate. It's an acronym. It's fact. Yeah, I like that Federation Against Copyright Theft. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. There was no mention of whether or not he was wearing a hoodie, though. Uh, but I think, I think it's implied. Wow, 700,000 downloads. Yeah, 700,000 times. I, you see, I'm not one of these people. I don't want to watch, I've watched bootleg copies of movies too. Yeah. I've watched two copies of bootleg movies. Spider Man, two. Yeah. I watched a bootleg copy of that. And then I watched a bootleg copy of Red Dragon, the Hannibal thing. Gotcha. I don't like it, man. I don't I, like. Well, I want to watch it in all of its glory and Dolby Digital Surround and all that. I want to hear all that shit. I don't want to have to see like people getting up and getting popcorn
3: and all that bullshit. I, I'm the exact same way. I'm a snob. I'm to the point where I don't even watch movies on DVD anymore. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's not in 1080p. I'm not. I'm not going to watch this. Right. So, right. so unless
0: it's like a movie like Clerks or
3: something like, oh, Schindler's List. Like, do I
0: really need to see Schindler's List in 1080p? Yeah, yeah. Actually, do I really yes. need to Are you serious? <laughs> yeah.
3: Come on, it's black and white. It, it has moments of color, and just because it's black and white doesn't take anything away from the definition. Clerks in 1080p? And the Clerks in 1080p, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But no, oh, it's Schindler's List. That's a Spielberg masterpiece. It's gorgeous in 1080p. I, I guess. It's just black and white movie to me. Yeah. I don't know. You should watch it in Blu-ray.
0: All right, I'll watch it in Blu-ray. It's one of those hard movies. It's it's a hard movie to watch anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love the movie, don't get me wrong, but I mean,
3: it's fucking heavy shit. It is heavy. It's not like you're watching that all the time. Yeah,
0: it's like, "Oh, hey guys, I'm hey, I'm really looking for something light tonight to watch." It just yeah, came just, out in, Schindler's List. It
3: just came out in high definition in the last like 6 months. That's why I've seen it recently. Right. So,
0: the judge in this case said that uh <laughs> Phillips Danks behavior was, quote, bold, arrogant, and
3: cocksure. (laughs) Wow, nice. What a judge.
0: Yeah, so check this out. The judge was talking about how this dipshit Danks, he used his Facebook page to offer to sell copies of the movie. But, on top of that, he used the same, it was the same username, which is like, it's the code, the coder, but the E is replaced with a three. Okay. The coder he used that same that's his that's that's his code as as far as username as far as this pirate movie site that he had or whatever and that yeah he was on a pirated movie site and that's the that's the name he used but he also used the exact same name he was using on his dating profile on a dating website which is is how the police
3: busted him that's funny
0: how fucking stupid can you be <laughs>
3: Yeah, I guess when this guy's asking you to go out for a dinner and a movie on the dating site, <laughs> right? it's going to be at his house on his computer. On his phone. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, kind of, kind of an idiot, but I don't know how much time he's going to get in prison or whatever. I mean, that's got to kind of be like an embarrassing fucking way to go to prison, too. Yeah, that would be embarrassing. What are you here for? Oh, I, I killed a guy, you know? Yeah. What are you here for? Oh, I fucking, uh, I recorded Fast and Furious 6 on my phone. Yeah, I'm a video pirate. Right. <laughs> so. Oh, man, Fast and Furious 6, too. Out of all the movies, yeah. <laughs> I could understand, I don't know, I guess I could understand maybe Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah. I wonder if there's any idiots that recorded it, like, in 3D on their Oh, pro- God,
0: that would look awful. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Alright, uh, next story. So if you're in China and you want to watch a movie without being distracted by someone texting in front of you, it looks like you could be shit out of luck. Have yes. you heard about this? No. All right, Chinese movie theaters are testing and refining systems that allow theatergoers to text during films, and then you see those texts on the actual screen of the film it's playing on. They call these bullet screens. Bullet screens will pop up over the movie while you're watching it. So not only do you have half of the theater raising their phones with bouncing lights all over the place, Jake, distracting you from concentrating on the screen, but you also have to read what your fellow moviegoers' thoughts are about the film with these bullet screens. Why? Uh, Why would, why would they do that? Okay, they have a reason as to why they would do it. Okay, what are
3: your thoughts on it just reading about this so far? It's like public shaming that you're texting during the movie that it's on the screen? I mean, I, why would it, why would it be like that? I have no idea. Okay, here's the
0: reasoning. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the inspiration behind the idea appears to be that it mimics that of watching a movie on mobile media, which is how most Chinese people watch films. With people sending messages about what they like or dislike about the movie. Um, director, Chinese director Shen Liping feels it will benefit everyone from the moviegoer to the movie makers, saying, We are exploring how the response from the audience can affect the movie itself. We are, in fact, putting the director and viewer on equal terms. And I think many of the opinions of the viewers are very helpful for filmmakers.
3: Yeah, but what about inappropriate personal texts that come in from, like, a stranger or something? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know... What if you get like a like a booty call in the middle of the movie or something? No, I think I, I think you have to text it like you know like
0: text yeah. it to four six two five seven five. Oh, gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And then it'll pop up on the screen. I don't know if they how closely they monitor them though. But you know, I mean, the, this the Shen leaping. This director is saying that it's going to benefit. Benefit the, the viewers and, and the filmmakers. They're gonna be able to get like a, they're gonna be able to tap in to like what people think of their movie as they're watching it. So, it, it's, yeah, I mean seriously, it's every filmmaker's dream to have his film live tweeted like it's a VH1 pop-up video as we get to read things like, this movie blows. Or Optimus Prime looks awesome. (laughs) You know, Martin Scorsese and Spielberg would find this very useful. (laughs) The the, the truth is that they want you to watch their movie. You, You want to read about the movie, I think you should do it at home. Yeah. Go on Fandango, go on all these movie websites, read about it there. Reading it as you're watching the movie kind of defeats the purpose of getting lost in a film and enjoying the film.
3: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what to think about it. I'd be be tweeting stuff like, Hey, guy in the fifth row, put your fucking phone down. Yeah,
0: exactly.
3: (laughs) Uh, They had a casual moviegoer that they
0: interviewed about this. And he also thought that this was a great idea to watch movies. He said, this is a real way of watching a film. For us, it is exciting and fun. It is a reform in terms of the commercial model. It is just like when popcorn got into cinema for the first time. A lot of people protested that it would affect the full, the the film viewing experience. You know, yeah, I can I can totally see that. I can see people bitching about people eating popcorn and food in theaters because it is noisy and it can be distracting. Yeah. But that's the thing. People will bitch about anything these days. But I, I there's a huge difference between eating popcorn at your seat or having the actual fucking concession stand located in front of the theater as people shout their order during the movie. Yeah, I, it's this is right in your fucking face.
3: I agree. That that is that is wild. I like how popcorn is the uh, movie theater equivalent of sliced bread. Right. This live live movie tweeting is the greatest thing since popcorn.
0: Right. You know, and I'm, I I firmly believe I'm one of these people that like I firmly believe that like a lot of people got upset like when when things went from like radio to TV. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to have that same Effect You can't hear anything, because it was all back in the day when it was just video. Mm-hmm. And then people got pissed off when everything went to color TV.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God. Everything's color now. And like, blah, 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 blah. The same thing even modern when things went to high definition. Right.
0: So I just think this is a less personal experience, in my opinion, going to the movie theater. And for me, it would be distracting. I would not have a good time watching it. I, I wouldn't want to watch... Listen to something. It's like like imagine watching like a like a one of these Academy Award winning nominee nominated movies. Yeah, and I, then having a, to to off to the side, it's like a VH1 pop up video. But instead of actually hearing facts about the movie, you got to listen to the dipshit five rows ahead of you talking about how. Uh, you know, uh, I don't like Gal Gadot's wig, yeah, exactly. you know?
3: <laughs> oh man. Was that a jab at Frank? It was a jab at oh, Frank. I'm sorry, Frank. That's the kind of thing Frank would be saying. <laughs> in this, huh? Yeah, that's wild. I, I can't imagine it. Like if I'm that movie's cinematographer, I'm pissed off. Like, I put those things on the screen where they belong for a reason. Right. Like, and the edges are important, like the corners and the sides. Yeah. For a cinematographer. Right. And that's basically, like, just shitting on his vision. Yeah. Having all this stuff on the screen like that.
0: I don't think it's beneficial at all. No. Because, I mean, I don't think it's beneficial until, like, after you leave the movie theater and you've had time to, like, enjoy the entire movie, let everything soak in. Mm Mm-hmm. Then get on social media, then give your review on Fandango or Rotten Tomatoes or wherever you do your reviews. I think that's more beneficial.
3: I agree. I was thinking along the same lines that maybe like I was trying to think of a positive way to use this technology. Right. And I was thinking maybe it would be fun if we do it with like, the classics like let's go see Terminator 2 together yeah and have this ability right let's go see Jurassic Park together and have we've all this seen these movies yeah let's go see Empire Strikes Back together and have this ability yeah and maybe that could actually be a fun use of this technology that'll like get people
0: back into the theaters to see those movies yeah you know and hopefully it'll be like a lot of beloved films where people can like talk about what they liked and didn't like about certain movies or whatever yeah
3: or you can even do legendary bad movies like let's, mm-hmm. let's go see showgirls and have exactly. this ability yeah and yeah i it, it could be fun but i completely agree like i don't want to go opening night to see captain america 3 or batman v superman or right. whatever and then all these jackass opinions are all over the screen while i'm seeing this for the first time
0: exactly exactly and i mean i don't know i think a lot of these directors that are saying that it's a great idea now wait until they put your fucking movie up there <laughs> and then people are trashing it you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You'll have it, You'll be singing a different fucking tune. Exactly. So, I don't know. I don't know. China, I mean, I guess if it works for some people, hopefully all theaters aren't converting to this and it's just kind of like a small collected thing where if that's what you want to do, then do it. It might be fun for like a one-time thing, but man, I don't know. Yeah. Not a big fan of it. Not a big fan of it either. It'd be interesting to see though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is a follow-up to what we talked about on a uh, previous episode during Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, Remember the uh, 9.0 graded copy of Action Comics number one? Yes, did it sell? It sold. It's the first appearance of Superman that was auctioned on eBay. It sold for $3.2 million on Monday. Mm. So it looks like the owner did a pretty good job. You know, a cut of that goes uh, to eBay, of course, and then some of the proceeds will benefit the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, which is dedicated to curing spinal cord injury. There was an opening bid of $1 million that was submitted August 14th within four minutes of the auction's opening. By the midway point of the 10-day sale, the price had risen to $1.95 million. Bidding reached the $2 million mark on August 18th. After that, bid activity slowed for a few days, and myself and others, including other like including listener David Isaac, we were thinking that this guy might regret not selling it for the three million dollars he was offered at one time. Yeah, I was actually thinking that he might regret it too. Um, there are thought to be only be about thirty unrestored copies of Action Comics number one in existence. The, orish- the issue originally sold on a newsstand in nineteen thirty eight for ten cents. Ten cents, man. If I had that
3: bad boy, I would sell it for three mil in a
0: second. In a heartbeat. You know, but, okay, he might have been better off just selling it for the three mil. I was taking the same thing. No eBay fees. No eBay fees. um, And uh, without the eBay fees, he might have even been able to give more to the Christopher and Dana Reeves Foundation.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I I mean, you got stars in your eyes when you're sitting on Action Comics number one, 9.0 graded condition, you know? Right. It's hard. I'm sure he was thinking he could possibly get 5 million or more by doing the eBay thing. He had no idea. Yeah. He kind of rolled the dice. Yeah. And even if he came up short, just taking the three mill, he didn't come up so much short that he's gonna lose much sleep at night over it i don't think
0: yeah i mean and it brought awareness to the christopher reeve and uh dana reeve foundation too a lot of people got to hear about that if they didn't know that there even was a foundation out there yeah that's that's a very good point so yeah man i don't know dude um action comics number one i remember wasn't it just like back in the 90s it was not even close to like a million dollars that that thing was going for right yeah, yeah i'm I'm bad with what what comics are going for. Don't quote me, but I could remember like back in like the late 80s, early 90s, I thought like it still was the most expensive comic book of all time, mm. but I thought it was just like a really measly amount, like 60,000 or something.
1: Mm.
0: Wow. But you know, I don't know. Price has risen because I mean, now that they find out that there's only 30 copies in existence and I mean, he is the granddaddy of all superheroes and shit. I mean, God, can you imagine, like, can you imagine going to, like, like an estate sale or something like that, Jake, and just, like, oh, yeah, I'll fucking, I'll take whatever the fuck is in that fucking trunk over there for, like, you know, 5,000 bucks. Yeah, and
3: you get that in there. Open it up, and bam, yeah, you're a millionaire. How many, what do you think the print run was? Do you have any idea of Action Comics, number one? No, and the weird
0: thing is, like, back then in, like, the 30s, and I've read a little bit about this, is, like, you know, they were mostly sold at, like, drugstores and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they'd get limited copies and like some months they wouldn't even get a copy of that book. So it's not like you'd have to like kids back then in order to get their comics would have to go from like drugstore to drugstore to drugstore to drugstore and hope like the issue hadn't been sold out. And they yeah. were targeted towards kids back then. So, of course, kids are going to be flipping through these pages and, like, you know, tight tight rolling them, throwing them in the back of their jeans and, like, not really taking good care of these copies. Nobody had any clue that comic books were going to be worth anything later on down the road.
3: Yeah, I've read a little bit about that era, too. And, there is like, trading was a big deal back then. Yeah. Because you go to school and trade with all your friends because, just like you said, yeah. you were getting different stuff at different stores. Exactly. And your friends would have stuff you'd never even saw before true yeah um
0: let's see here next story uh let's talk about this i might as well talk about this it's kind of fun uh i like roller coasters are you a big fan of roller coasters i love roller coasters um i try i personally i try to make it to like an amusement park like
3: once twice a year at least i'm the same person yeah i really want to go to uh king's island next year
0: oh uh, cincinnati yeah yeah
3: Really yeah. bad because I usually just do the either Six Flags St. Louis or Six Flags Six Flags Chicago.
0: Yeah, where's the Sandusky, Ohio? What's uh, what's the one there? Oh. It's like a it's like a huge roller coaster. Cedar Point. Cedar Points. Yeah. yeah, it's like eight hours away from us. Yeah, but that's all that's all they got is fucking roller coasters, man. Yeah, I'd like to check that out too. Yeah, I've never been there, but I have been to Kings Island. It's been a long time though. Um, but. Some of the, some of the rides, they terrify me, but I still, I still love them. Six Flags has DC Comics themed rides. We know that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been on like Mr. Freeze, Batman, Batman. uh, Yeah, Batman the Ride. Uh, there's two Superman rides. There's one up in Chicago. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is the one where, like, you sit in it, and then it, like, raises you up to where, like, you're actually, like, looking down, like you're flying like Superman.
3: Yeah, it's super great. The rail's above you instead of um, below you, which is kind of really unique. Right. So when you're actually making the climb, you're just, yeah. like, hanging there looking below you as yes. you rise up. It's pretty great.
0: Now, the one in St. Louis, the Superman the Red that they have is one of those towers that takes you up and then, like, drops you. Yeah, it's just the tower of power, I right. think. Right, yeah. Um. They're a lot of fun, and I I, I love going and riding these rides. Six Flags has announced a 2015 slate of new attractions at its 18 theme parks that includes the 3D interactive ride Justice League Battle for Metropolis, uh, a new roller coaster for Batman the Ride, the Joker Chaos Coaster,
3: and the Harley Quinn Spin Sanity. Yeah, I read about this too. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, they've got, if you go to Six Flags website, they've actually got videos of the concept art of what
3: these rides are gonna look like. The Batman ride looks fucking insane. Now where is the, uh, where's the Justice League one going? Do you know which theme park? Yes, let me go over some of these real quick. Coming for the spring of 2015 at Six Flags over
0: Texas. And Six Flags St. Louis, which, side note, I've been to both of them. I've been to Six Flags over Texas like 20 years ago. Oh, nice. Road Big Texas and, oh, the Big Texan or whatever the fuck it's called. But oh. it's a, like an old wooden roller coaster and shit. That's and, cool. Uh, but I've been there a long time ago. I'm sure they got totally different rides now, but. Um, they are getting both of these: Six Flags and Six Flags Over Texas. They're getting Justice League: Battle for Metropolis, which it's going to allow visitors equipped with special 3D glasses and a stun gun to explore the Hall of Justice, battle Lex Luthor and the Joker. They've kidnapped Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Cyborg, Green Lantern, and Supergirl. Hmm. Uh, the ride employs a combination of lasers, computer graphics film elements, animatronics, as visitors board state-of-the-art six passenger cars to search Metropolis for the villains and stop the Joker from infecting the city with laughing gas. That sounds
3: awesome. That's Texas and St. Louis? Uh, Six Flags Over Texas and Six Flags St. Louis. woo So I'll get to try that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. (laughs) I can't wait to go down to St. Louis. We got a fire going on. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I, You know, between the two, St. Louis and Chicago, I, I think Chicago is the better park, at least right now. It seems a little bit more um, heavy on the coasters yeah. than St. Louis.
0: Yeah, but I usually go to St. Louis. It's just such an easier drive for me.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm a bigger fan of the Chicago. The St. Louis one is also weird in that it's all on a big hill, kind of. Yeah. You're either walking uphill or downhill the entire day. Right. And Chicago's like all flat land. Yeah. So that's kind of nice, too. I,
0: just, I don't like paying tolls. That's why I don't go to the one up in Gurney. Yeah. I hate fucking tolls. (laughs) I hate tolls. Just drive through the easy pass. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, then I get a fucking letter in the mail like three years later telling them I owe them like a hundred bucks. The Gotham City area of Six Flags over Georgia outside Atlanta will expand with the additions of the Joker Chaos Coaster and the Harley Quinn Spin Sanity. Uh, The former starts with 20 riders facing off against each other before they rocket up to seven stories high, race through loops, and hang upside down 72 feet in the air. The latter is described as a classic ride experience with seven rotating cars spinning riders around a circular track. The Joker Chaos Coaster will be found near the Batman (coughs) Ride and Mindbender roller coasters. Um, Boo, George is getting those yeah yeah (laughs) but you know i mean oh uh who lives in georgia is that cameron wilson he'll be able to ride it yeah
3: he'll let us know make us feel jealous
0: exactly dude that fucking the batman the ride though the video go to their website dude check this
3: fucking thing out it is insane i will check it out i actually get the emails from six flags so i i got an email with all this info and it has links to the videos and stuff so i'll definitely check it out yeah, I, I love roller coasters, so I can't wait to check these out. Me too. That Superman one in Chicago is so great. Have you been on that? Yes. Oh, man. Nothing like doing the corkscrew loop-de-loop while you're like oh, laying on your back.
0: God. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's fucking
3: amazing. And the line is always atrocious for it, but yeah. it, it, it's worth it every time. I always do the
0: speed pass. Yeah? I always do the speed pass unless it's like a, a weekday and like
3: the kids are in school and shit. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. How much is the speed pass?
0: Um I can't I don't remember the price but it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it until you got a fucking asshole bitching at you for cutting the line. <laughs> and then it's like I had a guy do this to me once. Yeah. I was so pissed off. Yeah. Like like uh, I don't want to go into the story. You paid extra money? Everybody thinks I'm a dick anyway. I don't want to go into a story where like where, where where I justify me being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no yeah i paid for it yeah that's the thing okay so like if you have a speed pass you get to cut to like pretty much the front of the line yeah and the guy looked at me just assumed and he goes he goes uh there's a line and i said yeah i'm well aware of that and he's like yeah well you can go to the back of it and i'm like no i paid for the flash pass this entitles me to cut in front of guys like you (laughs) <laughs> and oh my god me and him went back and forth back and forth i was so pissed
3: <laughs> that's funny uh nothing like getting into a fight at six flags in front of an entire crowd of people yeah so that's yeah. good stuff i got into a fight with a friend at six flags in front of a like t- entire group of people it was during the superman ride yeah yeah he my buddy had lost his wallet on one of the roller coasters and um it was just super upset about it and then like screaming at me about it saying like you know, getting upset at me that I didn't care enough about his wallet and I wasn't helping him enough to get it back and everything. Right. And it was like, man, I told you, you know, it was either on the, it's either you lost it on the coaster or we need to retrace your steps and figure out where it is, you know. We already did all that stuff. I was yeah. like, I don't know what more you want me to do. I'm not going to ruin my entire day at Six Flags and everything. Right. And, I mean, literally, like, he's just, like, hollering at me and, like, all these people are watching and everything. It was crazy. I don't see how it's your fault. Yeah, it, it was It was nuts. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. They've got that. I mean, you can rent lockers there. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. There was like these. I could tell there was these two girls because you know you're like crisscrossing back and forth in front of oh, the same sure. people. And there was these two girls that were like every time they're like, "Yes, we're back in front of these two people. Oh yeah, <laughs> we can watch them go at each Free other. Free entertainment. Yeah, I don't blame them. Uh, I
0: wanted to talk about this again. I think we might have talked about this on a previous episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, Or it might have got, got caught out. Um, you know, back in the '90s, Tim Burton was set to direct. A Superman movie Mm -hmm. that never was. Superman Lives was the title of the film. And the script was written by Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. And the movie would star Nicolas Cage as Superman.
3: We did talk about this on a previous podcast.
0: Right. So the question is, like, what happened? That's what what filmmaker John Schnapp is almost done with the production on the documentary titled The Death of Superman Lives – what Happened? And to keep interest, he has released another trailer. Um, this was originally a Kickstarter that was funded back in March 2013. It raised 115000 of a $98,000 goal. So apparently there is a desire to see what happened to the film and why it fell apart. There should be some really cool character designs that are revealed, as well as hopefully interviews with those involved. I know that they do get Kevin Smith. They get um, Tim Burton in there. Uh, I don't think any Nicolas Cage. Oh, um, wow, I'm surprised he wouldn't want a, a paycheck. Yeah, true. I, I didn't get in on the Kickstarter, and I'm kind of kicking myself in the head for not doing it. Yeah, were, um, were there some good incentives? Yeah, there were. But I also I found out recently that you can still get a copy if you go to fanbacked.com and donate now. Oh, nice. It's $50 for the DVD. $60 for the Blu-ray. It's signed by John Schnapp, and I think it's like a $5 shipping charge. Oh, jeez. So, um I just wanted to play the trailer to that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So, any final thoughts
4: on Superman Lives if you were to if you you think back about it now what do you, how do you feel about it? Why are you trying to depress me so much? Did any anybody got any cyanide
1: or anything I can take?
5: Six more months before we see Ben Affleck in the Batsuit, suit, but you can get an early look at a story of a
1: Superman that might have lived. the 90s, Superman actually died, and you know, it was probably for the best that he died because they'd given him a mullet as well.
4: We put the rights together. Kevin Smith came in with a really great take.
5: I'm gonna write Superman. This is this is Tim came in shortly thereafter. I always felt like I was an alien, so I think a lot of people do.
4: And someone who is wanting to fit in, wants to connect, and at the same time feels this enormous burden to protect. Thematically, the big thing for Tim was that Superman was an alien. We wanted to do something that we hadn't seen before without it being ridiculous. I think that the regenerative suit would have been like something no one's ever seen before. I'll never... Now, when you think about
5: it, if somebody was like, Would you like to see a Nick Cage Superman movie? I'd be like, F- and
4: yes, then watching Nick Cage in an outfit land was kind of like, whoa, there's Superman. The, the Nick Cage version—he's so incredibly overly powerful. I liked that Tim Burton was going to take all of those powers away. There was going to be a cameo
0: by that. Brainiac was going to be the villain in the movie. The uh, Superman Doomsday battle in the uh, subway—I think it was the underground. We were doing a lot of research with schools of fish and how they
5: turn, or birds in the air, how they turn in space. Chris Rock came into work one day dog he was
4: like, guess who's playing Jimmy Olsen? I remember him sort of complaining about making superhero movies. He compared it to Chinese water torture. If we had been
5: able to strip through all of this sort of chaos, I think we'd have been
4: It's a movie. I'd still like to see Plus, I've worked do a lot of cool monsters. It's uh, uncovering the past. I love it. It's kind of haunted me, in a way, you know, the the what if of it.
2: It's the one costume I've never gotten to really make that I've always thought would have been, like, amazing. The death of Superman lives. What happened? You're going to find out. Kevin Smith's going to help tell it.
5: I got involved. That's what happened. And then it died. It was truly the death of Superman.
0: Yeah, so, like,
3: definitely check out the trailer. It's still on fanback.com. That sounds great. I wish it had a wider release. I wish, oh man, yeah. 65 bucks is kind of steep. But... It is steep,
0: man. I'd love to see this thing. I think that's why I didn't, like, originally contribute to it, you know, on Kickstarter because of the price. Yeah. I've already spent a lot. I spent, like, close, I think I spent, like, close to, like, 50 bucks on that Roger Corman Fantastic Four thing that I still haven't gotten from Indiegogo. Oh, yeah. And you know that doesn't even feature any footage from the movie at all because mm-hmm. they can't legally get the rights to show any of the of the movie. Mm-hmm. But this is really fucking cool. Like if you watch the trailer, yeah, they do show Nicolas Cage in the suit, and they show what this regenerative regenerative suit does while he while he's wearing it, like the effects on this suit and shit like that. I would love. To just – for Hollywood just to say, fuck it. Let's make this movie. We'll keep it totally separate. Yeah. Keep it totally separate from everything that's going on with the Batman v Superman and just make this movie now. Yeah. So people can see you know, what this movie was going to be all about. Cast Nicolas Cage, man. It would be a fun movie just because we know it's not – we're not going to take it seriously. It's just kind of like fan service saying, this is the movie that would have came out in 1999 – Let's check it out. Let's see where it went. I mean, I thought that they were gonna have like. It sounds like they were gonna have Doomsday in it. I heard Brainiac was gonna be in it. Yeah, is that true that uh, Chris
3: Rock was gonna be Jimmy Olsen? Yes, it's totally true.
0: Oh wow, that's I, I, that's that's what I am hearing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, there is so many different rumors about this. So, and I know like um, the next one I want to see is like uh, a documentary about the J.J. Abrams superman that never got made yeah he was supposed to write the screenplay for uh it's called superman flyby
3: they didn't get as deep into that though i don't think right as they did with this right they were like full blown into this yeah i mean they had already had some of the props made yeah lots of pre-production lots of
0: pre-production i mean yeah and uh superman had a fucking like mullet it was uh uh,
3: Nicholas Cage had, like, long hair in this. Yeah, just like in the, uh, what was it? Con Air. Dan, Dan Juergens drawn, Death of Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the raging mullet back yep. and then. The yeah. curly raging mullet. Uh-huh. All I man, I can't, I want to see this, but, man, yeah, 50, 60 bucks is steep. Yeah, hopefully, gosh, yeah, hopefully these guys get more, more backing and we can see this, you know, on a streaming service or, you know, what they're trying to do now is raise,
0: I think, like another, uh, like another $80,000 or something on yeah. this fanback.com so they can actually recreate some of the scenes that would have taken place in the
3: movie. Oh, jeez. So basically, they're, they're not finished yet with the final product. Not at where all. We're at. Not but, close. Gotcha. Jeez. Huh, so,
0: yeah, it's, I don't know, man. That's one of those things that I would have loved to have seen.
3: Yeah, I wish it would have happened. Um, I, I agree with you. Let's do it now. Uh, Tim Burton needs kind of that kick in the ass yeah. with his career. Yeah. maybe. This-
0: I don't know if I wanted to see it back in 99. Yeah. I think it's better that it kind of fell off. And now it's like if they made it now, I think people would appreciate it a lot more because of like uh, the veil of mystery behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is the movie. This is what it would have been.
3: Yeah. And I, and I agree with like you can't imagine Nicolas Cage being – Superman in 99, but now we've seen so many different takes on the genre that it seems completely plausible. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Um, I wanted to talk about this. I thought this was really, really fucking cool. Chris Pratt has done the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge for charity, but he has not stopped there and continues to be a pretty awesome human being when he uh, co-coordinated with Marvel And the Children's Miracle Network Hospital to create a special screening of Guardians of the Galaxy for young patients who weren't able to visit the theaters to see this movie on their own. Chris Pratt dressed as Star-Lord. Yeah, pretty awesome. Hung out at the hospital for three hours playing with the kids, taking photos, signing autographs, and giving out movie-themed toys. Um, I mean, I mean, he was, he was playing Legos, putting together Legos with them, just hanging out wearing the star Lord.
3: Uh, I saw a bunch of pictures yeah. of it. He was letting the kids put on the star Lord jacket. Yeah. How, how fucking cool is that? It was very cool. Um, so, uh, here's, uh, an interview
0: with, uh, Chris Pratt before he had actually done this talking about how he would love to visit kids in the hospital. Eventually, yeah.
4: <laughs> there we go. Well, when the movie releases, are you prepared to be a, a hero to thousands of kids? I mean, what will that mean to you? Yeah, so it's probably going to happen, right?
3: Yeah, I stole the jacket and some of the wardrobes so that if this movie comes out and does what everyone hopes it can, I can follow the example of someone, say, like a Russell Wilson, you know, and like go visit kids, like a child. I would love to go. If if it was a big enough movie to where kit it would mean something to a kid who's sick in a hospital for Peter Quill or Star Lord to come visit him, I'll do that. I think that's awesome, man. That would be that would give me real meaning for this movie, you know. Right now it means high profile, cool jobs coming up, a big big press tour and all the excitement of it all. But none of that really means anything. What means to me, what the coolest things would be that my son can one day see this and that maybe I could go affect some kids in a positive way. It'd be a good role model for them. That's, that's awesome isn't it yeah I, I had known that he had stolen his costume for that reason i thought that was awesome in yeah. the first place that he did that right so yeah because i'd read that they asked him about it and then he told them that that's why he took it and then yeah. they were like uh i guess we can't ask for it back that's a good reason <laughs>
0: yeah but it sounds like he
3: you know yeah. he, he coordinated this with marvel yeah and it sounds like you know i mean it's good stuff man it is good stuff you yeah, know? he's he's great. Chris Pratt is great. Yeah, I like him more and more. The more I see of him.
0: Yeah, you know I I love it when stars are, they so they humble, they, they're humble and and they use their um you know celebrity power, not just to like promote themselves, promote the movie. Sure, this promoted the movie somewhat, but these kids wouldn't have been able to see it. You know, I mean, they probably can't leave the hospital. You yeah. know. And some of them may have never been able to see this movie. And what kid doesn't want to see a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy? It is, it is a fun movie for kids and adults. And I mean, you know, I, it's just, it's a great memory for these kids who some of them probably have terminal diseases and, and, you know, might not ever get out of that hospital. And, and for somebody like him to come in there and you know play like he is Star Lord and yeah. these kids to just be able to interact with him how
3: how cool and amazing is that oh no kidding i would freak out if i was i was in that hospital and star lord showed up yeah so that's great and in getting to see the movie when you can't leave the hospital yeah. i mean how great is that
0: it's it's one thing to see the movie it's another thing to get to watch it with Peter Quill. Yeah, that's insane. I, back in uh, 2005, I on a trip to Las Vegas to watch the Final Four. And part of that was I got to watch it with uh, um, James Worthy, mm. one of the 50 greatest NBA players of all time who played uh, college basketball uh, with Michael Jordan. And me being a huge basketball fan... And being able to watch it with a guy who's one of the 50 greatest players, one of the best Lakers to ever play in the game, won like four championships with Magic Johnson. That's something I'll always remember. And, you know, I can't imagine what these kids like later on in their life. They're always going to have this story. The ones that, the ones that do pull through and yeah. make it through this. And, and, you know, I, I pray that they all do. But, you know, the ones that do make it through this, he is gonna be a positive influence on these kids for the rest of their life. Just meeting him and remembering this. I, I think it's an awesome thing and uh more more stars should be doing stuff like this. I know a lot of them do. We had Lady Sif, the actress mm-hmm. who played Lady Sif. She visited the hospitals and she went in there in her Sif outfit and stuff like that. That's that's why that's why these movies are, are, are special because when, when, when the stars actually take it to the kids and, and connect with them,
3: I think it's awesome. It would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, definitely, especially in the superhero genre. Yeah. I mean, those people that they could cheer any kid up. Yeah. I mean, just imagine if like Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck showed up at a hospital right. with Superman and Batman. I yeah. I mean, that would, that would be yeah. explosive. Absolutely. So
0: well Christian Bale after the
3: whole uh Oh yeah after the whole shooting shooting
0: thing up in is it Colorado at yeah. the theater? Yeah, visiting kids in the hospital and stuff like that. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. You know, so all right, hey, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. We got more good pop bad pop. But I want to take a little bit of a break here. We'll come back and uh finish up good pop bad pop.
3: Later y'all. Potty break time. Yo. Yo.
1: Quality control captivates
2: your party patrol. Your mind, body, and soul move the bell toes, like let the rhythm explode. Big, bad, and bold, be boys of both. Many styles we hold. Let the story be told. Whether platinum or go, we use breath control so let the beat unfold.
0: Intro on drum code. Maybe they the lick like E.T. and J. Cole. We harass like we was the pole pole. We can rule the world without curtains to still blow. Finesse from S.P. to Casio. And we're back. Hey, Jake. Uh, we're gonna wrap up some good pop, bad pop. What do you got for us, man?
3: Well, like I said, um, I you know I've been sick, and all I did is kind of watch The Simpsons, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that before we move on. But b- before we do that, I want to talk about um something else. I um you know I Brian said in, in an earlier podcast that we don't want to like ever sell out. We want to keep it like old-school MTV days when it's fun and not be yeah, sellouts. Yeah, for now. For now. Even MTV sold out eventually. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> but I um, I subscribe to this company called Scoshbox, and I enjoy it so much, so I actually reached out to them to see if there was any way they could supply some prizes that we could give out to listeners, and they responded to me a couple months later because they were in the middle of um, moving headquarters, it seemed. But they were all about that, so I would like to talk about the product and yeah. give the listeners a chance to try it out themselves. Fucking sellout. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> Christ, cue the sellout drop here. Play the, yeah. play the real big fish song at the, on the next break, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, it's um, Scoshbox. It's basically like a monthly assortment of Japanese candies and treats like just funky kind of treats that you can't get anywhere here in the States. Right. Ranging from all kinds of stuff. Un- so it's
0: like, okay, so it's like kind of like the the, the fruit of the month or whatever the fuck. You yeah, know? jam
3: like, of the month or, yeah. or whatever, cheese of the month or cheese whatever. Cheese of the month. Yeah, and it's um, it's 12 bucks a month. There's no tax, no shipping. It's just a flat 12 bucks, And then every month and the first week of the month, you get a box of goodies, basically. Right. Candies and snacks and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so Scoshbox, they said, um, we'll supply you with one of our monthly subscriptions, which they sent to us and we got this week. Yeah. And we'll give two listeners a free monthly subscription. And all that they ask is that you either like their Facebook page or follow them on Twitter. How do you spell Scotchbox? You spell it S. K. Let me. S K O S H B O X. Scotchbox. Okay. And so um, their Facebook is scoshbox. Their Twitter is at Scoshbox. Right. Um, all we ask you to do is um, like them, post that you heard about them on pop culture leftovers, either on Facebook or tweet to us and Scoshbox. And we'll randomly generate two of the people that do this. How are we going to do this? Are
0: we going to like take their uh, Twitter handles, put them in a bag, and uh, we'll, we'll draw t-
3: bag draw like a fucking name out of a bag? Exactly. We'll take everyone's name that posts on Facebook, right, and everyone that tweets it, and we'll put their names on paper, and we'll draw it out of the bag. We'll do that live next week. Yeah. And so, like, I Are said, we going to do it next week or are we going to give this episode a little bit of time to marinate? Let's give it two weeks. Good two call. weeks. Good call. In yeah. two weeks, we'll pull the names live. And like I said, on either post on their Facebook page that you heard about them on our show or tweet to us and them that you heard about them on their show. And Use the be- hashtag JakeSellOut. Yeah, JakeSellOut. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> That's a good hashtag. I bro. like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's super fun, and I no. I, but you believe in the product because
0: don't you're a subscriber, right? Exactly. I've been so a, it's not it's it's not like you're getting on here and just like contacting random people about shit. No, this is something you like and you believe in.
3: Exactly. I've been doing it since January, and I love it. It's like every once a month, I forget about it, basically. Yeah. And I come home and I get the mail, and it's like a box of candies and goodies, right? And, and sometimes the stuff is so good, I'm like, oh, I wish I could go to the store and buy like eight packs of this, yeah, or whatever. And some. Sometimes they do sell; they have extras of this stuff, but not always. And it's usually just a couple of the items in each box.
0: Yeah, I went to the website, and sometimes they have like uh, themed candies too for it, like different holidays and shit like that.
3: Exactly, it's pretty neat stuff. And so they sent us a box, and we're gonna open the box. Okay, Jake. Now this is
0: no, this is what I'm worried about. Okay, yeah. because I know you're a big fan of the old Scotch box. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and you like it. Now, I, are you gonna let me eat something here live on the air? Yeah. Okay, and I'm gonna give my honest opinion, right? Yeah. Okay.
3: And, and to be honest, some of the stuff I don't like either when I get it. Right. That's kind of the fun of it. Yeah. Is to what crazy stuff are they gonna give right. me.
0: Right. Now I'm not gonna be eating anything like fucking like uh, chocolate covered grasshoppers or anything no, like that. There's, right?
3: Sometimes there's pretty outlandish stuff. Really? Yeah. Like what? What are the outlandish stuff? One time I had pickled squid. Are you f- real fucking squid? Yeah. Holy fuck! Pickled squid pieces, right? And no one ate those. I offered them to everyone. Squid in the pickles. House. Yeah. Pickled squid pieces. Pickled squid pieces. Yeah, it was it was interesting.
0: What's their fucking like? You know, here we've got the uh, what is it? The Vlasic Stork. <laughs> what do they have over there? Like a squid? Like an animated squid? Well, no. Eat my body. <laughs>
3: And there's there's a lot of interesting stuff. Sometimes uh-huh. there's some seafood flavored stuff. Really? Yeah. Like what? Um there was like seafood like corn chips <laughs> in one box. <laughs>
0: oh man, deep sea Pringles. Yum. So yeah, let's see let's yeah. see
3: what they they gave us to work hopefully with we, here.
0: Hopefully you got some uh seafood. See, chips. The, I'll let you
3: see that. There's a pizza flavored corn snack. All right, we got uh
0: yeah, pizza puffed corn snack. It's called Pizza Yumaibo. And uh, then we got Dragon Ball Gum from the Dragon Ball Z. Hahain Baby Veggie. These are soft baby senbei with spinach, tomato, pumpkin, carrots, and apples. That
3: so, sounds interesting. Yeah, it it does, does sound interesting. Let me interesting. see what the picture of that looks like. Is that?
0: It's the, yeah, that one right there. Yeah, oh. that's exactly what you're holding. All right, what else we got? We got Utility Truck Ramoon Candy. Blow through the hole. Yeah, you blow through the hole to whistle. So, yeah, okay. Matcha look Adult Series. Crispy Green Tea Chocolate. Ooh, Mario Chocolate Crisps. Chocolate ba- Baked Wheat Puffs. Yeah, Mac- cool. Ooh, Macadamia Nut Oreo Bar. And Mint Chocolate Pocky. Yep. And it tastes great as a frozen treat, so you want to freeze that one.
3: You ever had the Pocky? No, I've never had Pocky. Pocky is delicious. There's really? all different kinds of flavors. It's like a cracker dipped in some kind of flavor. Okay. With strawberry and chocolate and vanilla and so on. It's delicious. Okay. So it's good stuff. Do you want to try you want to try the Oreo? Uh,
0: you know, I want to try something fucking weird. I want to try something fucking weird.
3: You want that? You want to do the cracker?
0: You know cuz Yeah, let's. I'm gonna do the uh, soft, the Hawaiian baby veggie. It's soft baby senbei with spinach, tomato, pumpkin, carrots, and apples.
3: Yeah, it it got a little bit broken in the shipping. That's okay. All
0: right, so yeah, yeah, let's try this. Yeah. What what are you gonna What are you gonna Uh, rock? I'm gonna try some of this. Yeah, let me try a
3: piece of that. All right.
0: Yeah, here we go. No, but thank you,
3: Scotchbox. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I don't know how entertaining us eating food on the yeah. podcast is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I don't know. So let's give it a shot. Even
0: even if I end up like hunched over the toilet tonight after eating some of this uh ha baby veggie stuff, I'm going to let you know my honest opinion. What are you thinking, Chief?
3: Mm, I like its texture a lot. Really? I'm not sure about the flavor so much. Hmm. Re- there's really not much flavor. It's just kind of a fun texture.
0: Yeah. Very crisp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you,
0: okay, out of the, out of the stuff, I don't know. I'm tasting uh, a little bit of carrots. It's mostly carrots.
3: Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Let's try the pizza corn snack.
0: The pizza corn snack? Yeah,
3: this, these things are great. They include these all the time. They're like a giant, it's like a giant Frito.
0: Pizza corn, that sounds like, uh, like a pizza flavored corn nut. Yeah, here. All right. Wow, that's a big piece. I didn't. All right. This is Pizza Umaibo.
3: Mm. Mm. Mmm. Mmm. Holy shit, that's good. It's like a big giant corn snack. It's really yummy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's got a pizza flavor to it. Mm Mm-hmm. This is really good, actually. Now, this I like. Mm Mm-hmm. This is really good. Mm. (laughs) Mmm.
3: That's really good stuff. I like that. Yeah, that is delicious. Yeah, these could be addictive. Yeah. Sometimes they give you two or three of those in a box. Mm. They're all kinds of different wacky flavors. I really like that. That was really good. Try some of these Mara snacks real quick.
0: (laughs) I already like it because it's like a grab bag of stuff that I would probably have never eaten before.
3: Yeah, it's really fun. It is fun, yeah. I don't really buy too much candy. Yeah. So it's like a monthly just weird grab bag of candy.
0: These are cho- These are the Mario Chocolate Crisps. They are chocolate-baked wheat puffs. I
3: like that already. It sounds good. Yeah, they're delicious.
0: Yeah. Let's try these. Hmm.
3: Lots of interesting textures in foods that you don't get in candy in America.
0: Does this taste like a... It, it kind of tastes like a Kit Kat.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, those are yummy.
0: Yeah, good
3: stuff. Those are yummy. So... Th- I'm eating and trying to talk. So thanks a lot, Scotchbox.
0: Yo, thank you. It was really good. I liked it.
3: And I'm telling you, it's worth um, trying to enter the contest. Um, Scotchbox themselves is going to ship out the prizes, so you won't have to worry about me and Brian being slow as fuck like we normally are on all the contest. <laughs> exactly. So that's the really good news. Mm. We pick our winners. We tell Scotchbox who won. And they're going to personally send out the two winners. Now, out of these three that we had today, which one is your favorite? Mm, I think the pizza corn snack. I'm going with pizza corn snack too, man. Yeah, that thing was delicious. It was. It tasted, It did taste like a pizza. Yeah. And let's. you know what? We have two prizes. Let's do one for Facebook and one for Twitter. One for Facebook, one for Twitter? That'll make it easy. Sounds good. So and you have a chance to enter twice if you can do both. Yeah. You can't win both. Right. But – you can enter twice. If yeah. You do Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, we'll just put your name in. In well, b- both back. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Scotchbox. So, so, yeah, now I got to stop, stop, stop eating so I can talk about other stuff. Huh? Right. No,
0: I was pleasantly surprised.
3: Yeah, here. I'll give you the Oreo for later.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll definitely want the macadamia nut Oreo bar. It's awesome.
3: Yeah, dude. Last month they had green tea flavored Kit Kat bar. Really? Yeah, it was delicious.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I don't know. I used to, I used to work at a bank and a lot of like the uh, Chinese students, uh, would come in. Um, you know, they were going to go to college at the U of I and every once in a while they would drop off like Chinese candies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff, man. I yeah. don't know. Some of it I liked, some of it I didn't like. But, uh, yeah, this is all, this is all Japanese
3: stuff, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's not too expensive. Like I said, it's 12 bucks. 12
0: bucks. Get this, try some stuff you never would have been able to try before. Very cool. All right, yeah, thank you, Scotch Bucks. Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't know. I might start doing this now.
3: Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. It's it's impressive to people too like it's fun to bust it out and share your wacky shit with people. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm seriously like I'm craving more of that pizza, that corn snack. That was really good.
3: Yeah, for sure. At first you were like, "Oh, I think you gave me too big of a piece." And then you're just like, "Ah, yeah, shit, man. <laughs> I could ate that whole fucking log by myself. It was really good stuff." Let me get this all this stuff out of the way and we'll continue going here. Yeah. I'll pause. All right, good deal. All right, yeah, we are back. Um we had to clean up our scosh box max. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the Simpsons stuff. Um I've just been watching the ton of the marathon and the li- I've never been much of a live tweeter. But something about live-tweeting all those classic episodes, like getting to watch Mr. Plow at the same time as the rest of the world. Right. And getting to watch the gummy Venus de Milo episode as the rest of the world. And getting to, you know, hashtag Unpossible at the same time as everyone else. It was just too much fun to pass up. Right. And just during those first, like, four to five days where it was the season one through season eight stuff, it was just hard to just not join in with everyone. yeah, And just watch all those classics it was I was sick and I was like oh I don't want to have to fall asleep because the next episode is going to be another classic you know right it's, it's itchy and scratchy and poochy next I gotta stay up and watch this with everyone too yeah know? and it was just it was crazy like what a cultural event and what a phenomenon that The Simpsons is oh absolutely it's just crazy to think 25 years you know and I'm 36 so it's yeah I was watching all these first couple seasons when I was 11 12 years old same here. And it's just wild to think that it's still going and it's still such a big thing. I mean, the movie was such a huge hit. It was, it was Um, lots of buzz around that. They're going to kill a character off in the first episode of the new season. Yeah. They're calling it the yellow wedding. Well, and then we've got the Simpsons family guy crossover. That's what I was going to say next. Um, and also this same year we've got a Simpsons family or not family guy Simpsons Futurama crossover for the first time. Oh really? Where Bender's coming back in time to kill Bart Simpson because of something Bart has done to mess up his future. Oh wow. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know Futurama's off the air so that's we get to see that those characters again. Yeah. Um so yeah it's the Simpsons thing thing has been great. I've been um retweeted by the actual official Simpsons account. A couple of days ago, I was super excited because um, they might be giants. The band retweeted me doing my uh, Simpsons tweeting because one of the episodes episodes ended with uh, Istanbul is not Constantinople. Right. And I brought that up in my live tweeting and then they picked up on it and actually retweeted it. Very cool. And I think I got like over 20 favorites on that tweet, which is the most I've ever gotten. Because like an official band retweeted, right? Me. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm all sickly going, yo, oh, yay! I'm getting retweeted. That's cool. So it was just, it was the most fun I've ever had on Twitter, to be honest with you.
0: I mean, think about all the uh, cameos that that show has had over the years. I think it's been the
3: most cameoed show ever. Yeah. Right? One of the most fun episodes <laughs> to rewatch with everyone was where they do the bimon Sci-Fi Con mm-hmm. and Mark Hamill's in the episode. Yeah. And he takes down a Wonder Woman cardboard stand up with the lightsaber and everything, yeah, Mark Hamill was a great guest, but yeah, you're right, just guest after guest after guest, Mickey Rooney, yeah, hell, Gary Coleman was in an episode <laughs> exactly i um saw an episode with um Alan Moore, where Milhouse tried to get him to sign a Watchmen Babies comic book. Right. And Alan Moore snaps out on him for it and That's complains awesome. about everything. So all a big sellout and everything. Yeah. Um, in that same episode, it had um, Dan Close, who drew Ghost World, and um, he complains that he just wants to draw Batman, and all he does is draw Batman utility belts and has a sketchbook full of Batman utility belts. Right. Which is pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah and yeah just tons of great guest stars um i still think the show is good but it's hard to it's hard to compete with those first 8 seasons i think i'm kind of in that camp i don't think the show is bad right but it's just something about it it's just not as as hit as it used to be i mean During this marathon, you saw during those seasons five through seven, it was just classic after classic. Yeah. Monorail after, you know, Mr. Plow after Poochie, just boom, 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 boom. Do you think they've been
0: affected by like shows like Family Guy and South Park and like, you know, like American Dad and all these other shows that have come out and kind of like, done their own
3: thing. Like do you think that's affected the Simpsons? I feel a little bit. I feel like sometimes it gets a little bit too raunchy and I always cringe when Simpsons kinda gets adult. Not that I'm against adult humor. Right. But it feels out of place in the Simpsons sometimes. Yeah. Like they in all those earlier seasons it's able to be hilarious without being like over the top like raunchy right and so when they when they do those kind of gags like i saw an episode where homer said oh shit and they bleeped out shit mm-hmm. and i was like i feel like in a previous season homer just would have said a funny word or term right instead of just blatantly saying something they needed bleeped out yeah you know he would have said dough or just a just a funnier word you know yeah yeah and i felt like it was kind of cheap and I, forced yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but the animation is still top notch. I saw a newer episode where they did a parody of uh, Eternal Sunshine, the, the uh, spotless. I'm, Eternal I'm,
0: Sunshine of the, the Spotless Mind. Yeah, and they yeah. did the
3: Fast Forward Homer Life. Right. And, like the animation was great, and it was a really neat gag. And it, it may not be as funny, but I think the animation is really top notch, and they do a lot of really cool visual stuff that they never did in the, the days. So it's still worth watching. Yeah, and there's still some really classic episodes. I'll go through
0: Simpsons phases. Like I didn't watch last season. Yeah, but like the previous three or four, I'd been watching religiously. Yeah, so I'll go through phases. And it's nostalgia for me. Just wanting to go back and see what the characters are up to now and blah, 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 blah. So
3: Yeah, and they're good at doing the big events. Even back in the in the old yeah. days, they did the Who Shot Mr. Burns. Oh, yeah. Those are great. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was like the like season ender and a season opener. Right. And it was like a Butterfinger tie-in yeah. where you had to get the Butterfinger wrapper with the person that did the murder and everything.
0: When do you think that this is going to end? I mean, is, is this all leading up to like an ending? I mean – you know, I mean it seems like the it seems like everybody still wants to keep it going.
3: Yeah, I have no idea. I um I saw Al Jean talk about a ending idea that he pitched, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. And he pitched the idea that the very last episode end with them showing up at the Christmas pageant that they are at when the first episode opens. Okay. The Christmas special, if you right. know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Just so the whole thing was one big circular like Time thing. Okay. That it all just was an endless loop of Simpsons. Right. And that's the idea he's pitched for how the whole series ends. Yeah. Which I thought that was kind of fascinating.
0: I just can't imagine a world without The Simpsons. I mean, they've been with this for like, was it three decades now? It came yeah. out in 89, for crying out loud?
3: I just feel like Homer Simpson is not Kermit the Frog, right? I think as soon as Dan Castanella can't do Homer Simpson,
0: right. Yo, definitely.
3: Then we're done. Yeah. Like, we're not going to have anyone come in and be Homer. Do you think they'll even try? I can see maybe in the future a live-action Homer. Right. But I don't think we'll ever see anyone try to impersonate the voice still, do you? Or do you think they'll have a professional Dan Castanella impersonator that'll I don't know. be doing it, Homer for kind of like years? I
0: don't know. I, I can't see it either. I mean um – even even Looney Tunes has changed for me. Yeah, after Mel Blanc died.
3: Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So, one hundred percent.
0: It's it's the same thing, in my opinion. It just never it never compares like to the old Mel Blanc. You know, as far as all those voices.
3: Yeah, it's an it's an interesting thing. The Simpsons is so huge. It's been a right. quarter of a century now. Well,
0: they didn't have anybody come back and like you know voice Mrs. Krabappel or yeah. anything like that. You know, That's so it's true. like it's almost like. But I mean, I can understand out of like the core five characters, like you know, bringing somebody back to play him. But on the flip side, it's almost like you can't do that not with not with you know uh, Homer. Yeah, and these people are getting
3: old. I mean, Nancy mm-hmm. Cartwright is pretty old. Yeah, right? and and the rest- aren't they demanding more money too are as all- the seasons go yeah, on? Yeah, it happens every year. Yeah, there's a little bit of a money struggle. It seems sure. like with the contracts. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, that's it's huge. It's an empire, right? So, and they're getting ready to launch an app after this marathon. There's going to be an app that's going to have every episode available for you to watch on demand on this app.
0: Have you been on the Simpsons ride in Universal? I wish. Awesome. Yeah. I, saw, I went there the first year they opened it, man. Oh. Amazing. They took out the Back to the Future ride. Oh. They drop you right into a roller coaster. OK, so you're in a roller coaster and you're going through a cartoon roller coaster <laughs> and you basically you're just sitting motionless. You're just watching like this huge screen. Yeah. And it feels like you are on a roller coaster at time. That's neat. It goes to then like a water ride. You go everywhere. Um, there's one point where you're going through. You're actually in Springfield mm. and when you're in Springfield, um, Baby uh, Maggie gets hit with like this ray and becomes like a giant. That's like honey blue. Honey, I blew up the kid. Oh, that's neat. And when they do this, they kind of like throw in some like four D effects to where when Maggie actually picks like the family car up, okay, puts it in her mouth like a pacifier and starts sucking on it. You actually they oh, hit it's you. Like- they spray you. With like a a baby powder smell and you can smell baby powder and then she sneezes you out and you get hit with a bunch of water in the face. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's a great ride.
3: That sounds really neat. It's
0: very fun.
3: Yeah, they're getting ready to do a uh, Simpsons Live at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, In nice. September, it's like a, they're doing three nights and three events. Yeah. Conan O'Brien's doing sketches with them. Well, yeah, he used to write for the show. Yeah. Weird Al's doing sketches with them. Yeah. And they've got a bunch of um, surprise guests they haven't announced yet, but they're mm-hmm. pretty much going to do a big production of all the musical numbers from the history of Simpsons, like live for three nights. Right. And I'm pretty sure that'll be made available through some kind of like. DVD or Blu ray purchase or on demand streaming purchase in the future. I can't imagine that no one's taping this three day only Hollywood Bowl event. Right. Like it's going to be something available. I'm excited to see that.
0: Did you watch any of the old uh, Phil Hartman episodes through this marathon? Oh,
3: yeah. How'd you feel about that? Oh, I loved it. And there was so much love for Phil Hartman. Like I was all over the hashtag every Simpsons ever. Yeah. And I mean, just so much love for Phil Hartman. Anytime right. he would show up. Yeah. Um, I tweeted many uh, Troy McClure line. Nice. And and you know how it's – you you may also remember me from <laughs> yeah. so-and-so and so. Anytime yeah. he said that, I would right. hit my uh, rewind back 15-second button yeah. and live tweet out whatever the, the two things he was in and whatnot. And- What's the first thing that you remember watching Phil Hartman in? ever i snl for me really yeah i i was always a huge snl kid like i remember being upset when the oj chase was happening mm-hmm. because it was happening during when live snl was supposed to be on uh, and it was cutting into that and just yeah snl for me phil yeah. hartman that's definitely the first place i remember him
0: my first exposure to phil hartman and i didn't even know what his name was yeah. was when i was like seven eight years old and he played captain carl on the Pee Wee's Playhouse
3: show. Oh yeah, I guess you. I guess that's probably true too. But I just didn't at that age didn't. Oh, I didn't know me. who yeah, he was, but exactly. that was my
0: first exposure to Phil Hartman. Yeah, well, yeah,
3: definitely mine too. I was watching right? Pee Wee's Playhouse every oh, morning. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah,
0: that was like a playground sensation. Like every week after, like getting back from like you know Saturday morning cartoons, like everybody was talking about. There were two things everybody was talking about on the playground. What did you think about the last Alf episode? And what did you think about Pee Wee's Playhouse? Yeah, yeah. that was like you know that was like a that's water cooler talk back in the day. You know what I mean? For it was it was playground talk for us. Yeah, you know, instead of sitting around at the water cooler talking about the last episode of Mad Men or Breaking Bad, we were talking about Alf and fucking
3: you know Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, I'm that the Saturday morning that was once a year, like in the fall, where it was all the new cartoons was like the biggest event ever. Oh hell yeah, dude! Yeah. So, what changes are they gonna to make to the Smurfs? That was like a huge thing too. Oh yeah, it was huge. The Smurfs were huge. I loved the Smurfs. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell n- yeah. Now we're off on, on a tangent. Yeah, yeah but Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, the Simpsons stuff was great. I, I just really wanted to talk again about just how much I've really enjoyed watching these episodes and getting to watch them with so many people and comment about them as they're happening. Yeah. Um downside to it. Seems like there's only, like, seven commercials on rotation for this entire marathon. Really? And my TV channel hasn't changed, so it's like I've seen these seven commercials, like, unlimited times. One's the one where Scottie Pippen says he's the greatest bull of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one's the guy with the kitten shirt that's made of all cats. Right. And it's like I've seen these these commercials so much. I've actually tweeted about the commercials at points <laughs> and the Every Simpsons Ever complaining about them. So nice. It's been a fun time. Most fun I've ever had on Twitter. Right. I can't imagine there being something I'd want to live tweet about more yeah. than the entire Simpsons. We can't run. live tweet about our show. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone doesn't listen to it. This is forcing everyone to watch it at the same time, which is yeah. kind of what made it such an event.
0: Oh, I bet. That's pretty awesome. All right, uh, I watched Expendables three last week, and I wanted to talk about that movie and then rate
3: it. I'm excited to hear about it. Uh,
0: there was something different about Expendables three that really affected my rating of this film. Um, they they kind of they took all the camaraderie that they had built upon between all the older characters in the first two films, and they pretty much threw it out for the entire second act of the film. Hmm. That was kind of gone. Um, now if you, if you want to see a movie where the older guys pass the torch to like a younger set of guys, then this is the movie for you. If you wanted to come in and just see some old school action stars take, you know, take on Mel Gibson, uh, then you're, you're going to be disappointed. The movie, it starts off great. There's a really cool action packed prison bust where Stallone, Statham and the guys, they bust Wesley Snipes out of prison. And that was a lot of fun. Um, there's even a joke of like, you know, why were you in prison? And he says tax evasion Mm -hmm. because he was in prison for tax evasion in real life. So it was kind of fun and it started off really great. A lot of action. You know, I was worried because this movie is rated PG 13. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. That it's not going to be able to live up to the other films because of that, because I'm going to take out some of the cussing, some of the blood and all that stuff. And I was really worried about that. But like the movie quickly, it put me at ease at the beginning of the film because it was such a great scene at
3: the beginning of the movie. Gotcha. Um, I wonder why they decided to go not the, R time this, this movie. It makes no sense. More ticket sales, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It was the biggest failure of the series though. It was, it was, um,
0: after, after the prison scene, the movie takes, it takes a really weird turn where it feels like for like 20 minutes, it felt even longer watching it. Stallone is just flying around the world with Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> to look at prospects for a new Expendables team. Basically, Stallone feels like, I'm putting these guys in danger. It's time for them to retire. I need to get all new Expendables in here, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And so he goes around the world, and he looks at all these different prospects, and these people are the most least interesting people that I have zero connection to. And at that point, I'm begging to see, like, more Dolph Lundgren. Who, who were these other people? I couldn't even name sing, a single one of them. Really? I don't know if they've been in anything else, if they played young action stars in anything else. Hmm. I'm not familiar with them.
3: Yeah, that seems the whole point of the movie is to highlight all these action yeah. stars that you're familiar with. Exactly. Exactly. If, if, even if you're going to pass the torch, you would think you'd want to pass the torch to familiars. Right. I don't. And who are the new action stars out there? Yeah, I don't know. Chris Pratt? Yeah,
0: but I can't see him doing something
3: like this. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, the 80s action genre
0: is kind of gone. I could think of like getting the guy, like Tony Ja from Ong Ong Bok.
3: Yeah. Getting him in there. Getting. um, Jackie Chan, maybe.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, like a younger group of guys.
3: Yeah, a younger group of guys.
0: Maybe the guy that was the lead guy in the raid. Something like that. Getting those guys in there. But like these are actors that don't really know English that well, so I understand why they kind of stayed away from that. But. They should have kept it with the same formula, in my opinion. Older actors getting together, doing the fun shit, all the fun
3: action stuff that we liked, cheesy lines, all that bullshit. Yeah, because they've already said the franchise is done, that they're not going to continue. So it's like they did all that for nothing. Instead of making a good movie that's yeah. more of the same, that will mm-hmm. work, they tried something different. And that yeah. seems to be what's doomed the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they really underutilize
0: like all like the big names from like the '80s stars and stuff like that. I'm gonna give this movie a low taste it, and that really pains me to say it. Mm. Um, even if it was rated R with the script that they had in place, I, I still it still would not have been enough for me to Tupperware the film. I. I did like seeing Harrison Ford. I was getting ready to say tell me about Harrison
3: Ford. How was he?
0: I liked him. I liked him in this movie. They had him piloting a helicopter and it, it kind of reminded <laughs> me of him like flying the Millennium Falcon and shit <laughs> like that. And and Arnold at one point Arnold Schwarzenegger did go, "Get to the chopper." <laughs> you know, just like he did in Predator and all that shit. That's funny. I enjoyed that. But it's just not enough. Give me more Dolph Lundgren and give me Jet Li and give him more than three lines of dialogue in the entire film. Yeah. Um, so a low taste it for the Expendables three. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah, it uh, Expendables three it opened with a dismal sixteen point two million dollar weekend. The original film opened with thirty four million. Expendables two opened with twenty eight million. So these movies seem to have like waning interest amongst fans. Uh, They need to – re. if they ever do another film, which I doubt they're going to do, they need to reinvent this somehow. And I say take these guys sci-fi. I'm saying – Oh,
3: yeah. Take them into space. Take them
0: into space. Take them uh, like Expendables versus Predators or even like a new kind of alien that we haven't seen.
3: That's a great idea. You know
0: what I mean? Great idea. Let's go science fiction with
3: this. Yeah. put, Put them on a planet. Have them be under a threat.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, like, what was so fun about that second movie, like, when it started off the action scene, Mm -hmm. is just watching these guys, like, behind, like, gigantic machine guns and blowing people away and watching blood spray. (laughs) And you didn't get that from this one. Yeah. You know, Antonio Banderas was in it, and I didn't really care for him in it, Mm -hmm. and, but I did, and, you know, I don't know, Mel Gibson was, meh.
3: Yeah, you know he's
0: in it a lot. He's in it a lot, but like he's the only threat as far as the villains are concerned. They mm-hmm. didn't get like really cool villains like they did even in the first one because you had like Stone Cold Steve Austin and some other villains. And Van Damme was a lot of fun in the second one, yeah. but you know I don't know, man. There was just something different about Expendables three, and it, I think it was like that whole second act where they tried to focus on the new stars. Mm-hmm. I did not care for them one bit. Give me more Dolph Lundgren, man. He was such a great part of the first and second movie. They took him out of this film pretty much for the most part. It, I mean, low taste it. Hmm. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren and Terry Crews, though, they had an interview with Collider, and they were talking about how dangerous it was filming some of the scenes that they had in Bulgaria, and I wanted to play that audio because I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, Definitely.
5: Well, for me, one of the biggest memories that I had of shooting in Bulgaria and with all this uh, is how dangerous it was. Um, it was dangerous, dude. I mean, I swear, there were there were electric cables sitting in pebbles, pedals. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm looking like, where's OSHA when you need them, you know? But you're in Bulgaria. I think that was in my hotel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you're like, this whole place is dangerous, man. And we could blow up anything. Like, they were like, you can blow that up. I remember seeing a small family about to cross a bridge. They were like, no, they're going to blow that up. They were like, oh, it's okay. And they turn around and walk away. Like, I was like, dude, these people, that's the only bridge they have. And all of a but they blew it up anyway. And I was like, hey, this is what movies are. And I felt so sorry. I was hoping someone would take them across, and fly them across, but they were like, no, we must live here forever. But it was really dangerous on every side. When I watched Jason go off the the wharf into the Black Sea, because the brakes went out on his truck, and we were actually supposed to be on the back of that truck, and we took the, the scene off like we were, he was just rehearsing, and he goes under the water in the truck, the whole deal. And because of his diving experience, he's an experienced diver. That's what he does. He was able to keep this grill safely and continue to film. But me, I don't know what would have happened. I think I just would have freaked out. I, I might have panicked. I don't know what to say. That, by the way, that's crazy about the bridge. I have not heard that. Yeah. That's a crazy story. Oh, it, it, dude, it happened. They blew up everything. We could blow up anything we wanted. They were like, but that's my bank. My money is dead. Like, it's gone. It's
3: gone. <laughs> we are blowing it up today.
0: <laughs> that's
3: crazy, dude. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's terrible. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, sounds like it was like uh like really no rules, no holds barred. I, over that's in what movies are. <laughs> My God, blowing shit up! Yeah, I'm sure that uh, whatever city, town they filmed at Brook area, they got their money back. You know, tenfold. Honestly.
3: Oh. oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But wow.
0: Yeah. Um, moving on. I uh wanted to talk. I w- I rented a movie called Lock. Have you heard about this, Jake? I have heard about it. It's spelled L O C K E, and it stars Tom Hardy, who we all know as Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy stars as Ivan Locke. He's a dedicated family man and a successful construction manager, and he receives a phone call on the eve of the biggest challenge of his career that sets in motion a series of events that threaten his careful, cultivated existence. Um, let me just start off by saying that this movie is not going to be for everybody. Okay. Okay. It's an ambitious film, and I mean really ambitious, and one that I appreciate because of what Tom Hardy accomplished in the film. Um, Locke is totally dialogue-driven. It consists of one continuous scene. Wow. Um, With the exception of Ivan getting into his car at the beginning and a brief pan out at the end, the entire movie takes place inside Ivan's car. Wow. How long is the movie? Uh, it, it's like an hour and a half, hour oh. and 40 minutes, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Let me stress again. I just want to stress again that this movie is not going to be for everybody. Um, even though he's in a car, there are no car chases. Yeah. Uh, there are no action scenes at all. There are no other actors in the movie that you see face-to-face but Tom Hardy. You hear voices as he's talking through you know, Bluetooth in his car. hmm in the movie, you have a man that is uh, going through trials in every area of his life and they all seem to intersect on the same night and you watch it all unfold on his drive to London while he's talking on the phone. Uh, he's got a woman that is not his wife who is giving birth to his baby and he's driving to L- London to be there to see the birth of his child. On the way, he talks to her on the phone and then he tells his wife about his one night affair with this woman, and on top of that, he is not showing up to the construction site in which he was in charge of uh, this entire uh, building that they're going to put up. Uh, they're going to pour concrete to this multi million dollar building. He's oh, supposed wow. to be there the next day. Instead, he's putting that off. This sounds good. He's going to start. Yeah, he's going to. He, he's going to. He's putting that off. He's on his way to London to see the birth of this baby for this woman that he has zero feelings for, that he just had a one night affair with. On top of that, he admits to his wife on the car ride that he had an affair with this woman. In this movie, it's a, it's a movie about a man being torn in like three different directions by others around him, but also having to deal with his past as he comes face to face with his inner demons. All while driving in his BMW. Hmm.
1: Um,
0: I mean, he's got a lot of issues from his past, but he had his father basically did not raise him. He left. He wanted to be a better man than his father, so like that's what's driving him to go see. Like he fucked up. He had this one night deal with this woman. He's going to go see the baby be born because his father wasn't there to see him be born. Wow! So- but everything else. His whole family that he's invested all these years in put on the back burner. This whole concrete pouring project for this multi million dollar burn, building that they're putting up put that on the back burner for this because this sets president in his life because of the things that have haunted him in the past with his father.
3: Wow, that's crazy. So the whole movie is shot inside the car. Is it one take? It's not one take, but the whole movie is in the car.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the movie had an unconventional shooting schedule. Tom Hardy filmed his part in six days, shooting the movie twice per night as it was filmed in a single take. Um, the other actors were in a hotel room speaking on the phone with Hardy, who was on location.
3: Wow. So he was actually driving the whole time. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, it's weird to rate this movie. Yeah. As uh, For me, okay, I'm going to rate it. Two different ways, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I'm going to rate his performance and what he did and what he accomplished in this movie uh-huh. to keep me invested to watching the whole thing. His performance alone is a Tupperware. Okay. As far as the movie itself as a whole, I'm going to give it a taste. It.
3: Yeah. It's, I'm excited to see it. I'm going to – that sounds really good to me.
0: It's it's really interesting. It really is. I mean, it's because it's like here you got a guy. He's got a camera on him the whole time. He's not looking at anybody face-to-face, but I'm convinced – I'm convinced the whole time that he's playing this character and all this bullshit around him he's going through, man. Yeah, that's wild. It is fucking wild. It's a wild fucking movie. It was not what I expected at all. All I saw was it was getting some critical acclaim. People really seemed to like this. I mean, I think it was in theaters here in Peoria for like a week. Yeah. And I didn't see it, rented it. I liked it. I'm going to give his performance a Tupperware, but the movie as a whole, I'm going to give it a taste that – Based on the fact that it, it, it's it's something in no way that I recommend all of our listeners to go out and rent, um, unless you can actually appreciate the fact that this entire performance is dialogue driven and he never leaves the inside of his car. If you want to see an actor do something that's unconventional at the top of his game here and like really act, if you, if you can appreciate somebody really acting, yeah, this is a movie to watch. Uh, If you're looking for an action movie, if you just want to see senseless action, you want to see some car chase scenes and shit like that, you're not going to get it. You're going to you're going to give this movie a toss if that's what you're expecting from Tom Hardy. This is not fucking you know the the, you know Dark Knight Rises. This is not fucking the new you know Max. uh, What is it? uh, The
3: new uh, Uh, Mad
0: Max. Mad Max.
3: Do you think this is going to get some Oscar love? Do you think Tom Hardy's going to get Oscar love for his performance here? (sighs) It's a tough one, man. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know if he's going to get any Oscar love hmm. for this one. I mean, I, I'm sure like, it, you know, like at, at the Cannes Film Festival, this is going to get something or Sundance Film Festival or something. But I don't know as far as like Oscars go.
3: Yeah. I'm interested to see this. It's like taxicab confessions to the next level. Kind yeah, of. it is. It's crazy.
0: I mean, you learn a lot about this guy in between phone calls. Like he has like conversations with himself. Yeah. Talking as if, as if, and he's always looking to like the the back seat. Like he's talking to his father.
3: Oh, gotcha. You know,
0: he's he's looking in that rearview mirror, like he's talking to his father. Like his father's in the back seat, and he's going off on his father. I'm not going to be like you. I'm not going to be this. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to give away anything else in the movie if you do want to see it. Yeah. But it's definitely if you can appreciate somebody who's like really kind of going out, maybe out of their comfort zone, and doing
3: something that nobody else is doing. Give Locke a try. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm I'm gonna check it out. I saw the red box machine had it the other night, but mm-hmm. I really wasn't sure exactly what it was. Just that Tom Hardy was in it. Yeah, so I'm glad you talked about that. I'm,
4: that yeah. sounds
3: great. Uh, I saw. I watched uh, Boyhood finally. I All talked right. about it a
0: couple weeks ago.
3: The link, the Richard Link Richard movie. Linklater
0: movie. I watched B- Boyhood, and it stars Ethan Hawke, Patricia Arquette, uh, Lorelai Linklater, and Eller Coltrane. Um, I really wanted to see this movie again. I'm going to reiterate, like it's filmed over 12 years with the same cast boyhood is a, it's a groundbreaking story of growing up as seen through the eyes of a child named Mason who literally grows up on screen before your eyes. So basically it's, it's a story instead of using a different actor each year to show this boy growing up. Yeah. Richard Linklater had this filmed. Every year for 12 years, started filming in 2002, didn't wrap filming until 2013.
3: Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah. And very more. ambitious project.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know more about the process of how he picked what, what kid to do. I bet that was tough stuff, too. Yeah,
0: you never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, <sighs> Let's see here. I, I'm just going to go ahead and rate this one. Yeah. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Nice. Uh This movie was so good. It was so engaging. It was ambitious, and it was really brilliant. In my opinion, Boyhood is a cinematical visual scrapbook of Richard Linklater's take on the modern family. Um, and what I mean by visual scrapbook is that it's not like He's not using different actors. I mean, it's a visual scrapbook of this boy growing up.
3: Yeah, it's not special effects. It's not eight different kids. Exactly. It's it's this kid, and and you're seeing it, even though it's a movie. Yeah. It's, you know.
0: Yeah. So many marriages uh, in this movie, like, you know, so many marriages, they end in divorce these days. And I think that this movie captures what it's like to be a single parent and the children that bounce back and forth between mom and dad over the years and, you know, not in your traditional way. Um, using the same actors over the course of 12 years, it really shows you the journey through both sets of parents and the kids. It's really amazing. The child actors are fantastic. Um, the actress Lorelei Linkladder who, who plays Mason's sister, Samantha, mm-hmm. is so good in this movie. Um, you'd think that it would help, you know, that she's the daughter to the director, but he would have been doing himself and this movie a disservice had he not cast her in the film.
3: Yeah, I think Ethan Hawke is terrific too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm he's sure great he's great actor. in the movie. Oh,
0: absolutely. But you know, um, this this Link ladder, watching her there's a scene where you watch her wake up her brother with a pillow. She smacks him in the face and she starts singing, oops, I did it again. (laughs) And it was just a great reminder of to me, you know, like how annoying like little sisters can be.
3: Yeah. That's funny.
0: And, you know, and stuff like that. Like I said, oops, I did it again. Like started filming this in 2002, like back maybe when that song was like popular and shit. Yeah. So like each scene you can kind of tell like there's different things going on. Um,
3: it's a time capsule. It is a time
0: way. capsule. That's,
3: Absolutely. It sounds super neat. Uh, you could always tell that
0: like a year had passed when the characters had like different hairstyles in the film too. Oh, gotcha. Uh, they also talk about the different historical events that happened during some of those years. Like the father bitching about Bush as president to years later supporting the Obama campaign. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: the technology changes from uh, you know flip phones to iPhones in the film too. I mean, that's neat. Uh, Mason and his father, you know, played by Ethan Hawke. They go to a baseball game. It's a real baseball game, uh, that Roger Clemens is pitching in. And, um, there's an actual home run that's filmed in the game Nice with fireworks and everything going up. I mean, it's an actual moment from that game. That's super neat. Uh, the father and son at one time talk about how they could never, how they could never have another star Wars movie after return of the Jedi. And to think that this was filmed before Disney bought Lucasfilm back in 2012 was like really funny to me. That is really funny. You know, like, oh, that's the end. That's it. That's it. And there's nothing else. There's no episode seven. <laughs> Uh, Patricia Arquette is really good in this movie as a single mom, um, that is just trying her best to get ahead in life. You know, watching all 12 years of this boy's life with the same actor was just awesome too.
3: I wonder how people's pay contracts worked with this movie. I don't know. It's like, you have to work on this for the next 12 years. Right. I mean, it seems like, how do you pay someone for that? Yeah. It's it's wild. It's such a crazy idea.
0: Yeah. very ambitious, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was just really cool to see like each character's journey over the years, living in different places. They get, they meet new friends, they go to new schools. There's new marriages for some of the parents. I've seen uh, a director tackle. I've never seen a director tackle anything like this before. And we'll probably never see anything like this again. Um, I'm going to highly recommend this movie. And it's probably the best drama that I've seen all year. If not the best movie I've seen all year because it's it's really good. I've wow, never seen anything praise. like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, two hours and forty minutes long, and um, honestly, if they have a, a Blu-ray release with deleted scenes, I'll watch every single one of them.
3: Yeah, it's really, really, really good. I'm excited to see this. I, I don't think it'll take too long before it's in wide release for home viewing. Yeah, so I'll be on the train for that. Definitely check it out.
0: Boyhood, yeah. really, 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 really good. Um, finally, for good pop, bad pop, I want to end it. I always saw Sin City, A Dame to Kill For.
3: Oh. Yeah.
0: It's the follow up to 2005's Sin City. So we had a pretty big gap between yeah. movies. 2005,
3: almost 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. Nine years here, so I think it was a little too long, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure why we had to wait so long for this next movie.
3: Yeah, Robert Rodriguez had too many Spy Kids movies to
0: make. Spy Kids movies, or I, I don't know, man. It's fucked up though. But it's it's like is it was it like hard to get like work out Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez getting together to do this? Yeah,
3: did Frank Miller get co-director credit again? Yes, gotcha. Uh,
0: this movie's been getting killed in the box office. the The film's budget was sixty million dollars. Making this the most expensive movie Robert Rodriguez has ever directed, Oof. and I think it did like six point two million yeah. that first weekend, like a two million dollar opener, like for the first night.
3: Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy took the week.
0: Yeah, and after it lost the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like the week before, yeah, comes back and takes the number one spot again. Exactly. Um, I also wanted to point out that there was uh, before this movie there was a Hateful Eight teaser trailer. Before new sin, the the Sin City movie, oh, was that neat? Um, well, I, it, 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 there, there's no they haven't filmed anything. Okay, um, Hateful Eight. If you're not familiar, it's uh, the new Quentin Tarantino film that almost wasn't going to be made because the script was leaked online, <laughs> and Quentin Tarantino got a little pissed off about that. <laughs> But recently in LA, a few, uh, a few weeks back, they had a live reading of the movie. Mm-hmm. They had different actors and act, you know, they had different uh, actors playing different parts of the movie and, uh, there's a lot of positive feedback for that live read. Hmm. A lot of positive feedback. So Tarantino went ahead and he decided that they're gonna go ahead with the movie. But what I saw, it's just a teaser that was shot with like graphics. Um they went over all the eight characters that are going to be in The Hateful 8. Okay. And there was no actual
3: footage. Do we know any of the actors that'll be The Hateful 8? Uh he's trying to get
0: Jennifer Lawrence oh, nice. to be one of the actors in The Hateful 8, but I don't know who I don't know if he's going to use like a lot of the Tarantino like Guys that he uses, yeah. like in his camp and shit like that. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So yeah, that'll be interesting.
0: Um, back to Sin City: A Dame to Kill For. The movie it shares, like like you said, the same creative team as in the original Sin City, with Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez. They're returning to direct. It's written, of course, by Frank Miller. It stars Mickey Rourke as Marv, Jessica Alba as Nancy, Josh Brolin as Dwight, um, who is playing Clive Owen's character right? Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, Joseph Gordon, you have to forgive me Sin city, the first one. I haven't seen it since it first came out. Yeah.
3: Who who was it that replaced Clive Owen?
0: Josh Brolin. Gotcha. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, plays Johnny Rosario Dawson, Gail, Bruce Willis is back as Hardigan. Uh, Eva green as Ava, uh, powers booth as Senator Rourke. Dennis Haysbert plays minute. He replaces the late Michael Clark Duncan in this role. Mm. Um, you know, Dennis Habersbert, he's the, uh, all state insurance dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: He's um, the, um, president from 24. Right. Ray
0: Liotta is Joey. Christopher Maloney is Mort. Jeremy Piven plays Bob. Somebody else played him too. Huh. And then Christopher Lloyd is in this movie. Oh, I think is Kronig. Yeah.
3: Tons of names.
0: Yeah. Ex- tons of names. Expendables 4. Right. So here we go. You would think that... With the directing talent and vision of Rodriguez and then the storytelling ability of Frank Miller that this movie is a can't miss. Yeah. And the cast alone is just amazing. So this movie can't be horrible, right?
3: It can't be, right?
0: Exactly. This This movie is visually stunning, top-notch storytelling and acting. I, I don't care what the critics are saying. I don't care – I don't care what the box office is saying. I Tupperware this movie. Really? I don't care how it's performing at all. This movie is worth seeing. In my opinion, you don't have to see the original Sin City movie to appreciate this one.
1: Hmm.
0: You can go in cold, in my opinion, and still enjoy A Dame to Kill 4. I liked it, and I, people are going to think I'm crazy. I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed the first Sin City. Wow. That's strong. It is strong, and I'm I am I'm in the minority. Most people are going to love the original Sin City more than they like this movie. Hmm. I personally, I'm just—I give my fucking rating. I'm not going to go with what everybody else fucking says. This is my fucking rating, and I liked it more than the first Sin City.
3: Yeah, I can't—I can't argue here. I haven't seen the new one yet, but I love the first Sin City. It's great. Um, I love Robert Rodriguez. I do too. And yeah, I'm—I'm I'm excited to see the new Sin City.
0: I think each story in this movie, uh, each character is told well. Uh, there's great narrative. Uh, the there's the dialogue's written really well. Joseph Gordon Levitt's story is Johnny, and this is awesome. He is a card player, and it's really awesome to watch him play cards at the table. He's smooth. He's very talented as far as being a card player. He's yeah. just a lucky motherfucker, and watching him play cards is
3: really fucking awesome. I'm sure he had a lot of fun with that role. Yeah. Let me ask you something, yeah. Brian. What if this movie came out in 2007 instead of 2014? Well, Do you I think it would have been more warmly received. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I do.
0: I do. I think it would have been more warmly received. I think it would have been more relevant, too, as far as like, you know, it's it's nine years later. Yeah. Um, I don't think we would have gotten a Joseph Gordon-Levitt performance, though. I mean, that part was originally intended for Johnny Dapp.
3: Oh, that's true.
0: Um, so I don't think we would have gotten Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this film. but um,
3: Or probably not Josh Brolin. Not Josh Brolin either. Yeah. But, you know. Hm. Yeah maybe if it just would have came out within 2 to 3 years maybe it wouldn't be getting the backlash that it's getting Yeah, I, such a lukewarm response from people yeah
0: yeah i didn't get to see it in 3D which kind of pissed me off too oh is it made for 3D it's it's 3D it's a 3D movie yeah, that makes um, sense and what pissed me off was like i went to the theater and like the app i was using said that it was 3D when i got there i asked the girl i was like so do i get my glasses and she's like oh it's it's not 3D here oh and it showed 3D in the in the app that it was going to be at that theater. Oh, I it's a little annoyed by that. They just probably
3: called it Sin City 3D. But it's it's a 3D movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. It kind of pissed me off. Um, let's see here. Levitt was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, uh, I bet. Powers Booth, who plays Senator Rourke, um, he is a stone-cold villain in the film, and he plays that villain, that, that the kind of villain that you want to see die.
3: I love Powers Booth.
0: I like him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was one of my favorite Josh Brolin movies. Huh. And a lot of people are saying that Josh Brolin couldn't fill the shoes of Clive Owen. I'm here to say I think he did a really good job.
3: Yeah, I didn't think Clive Owen was anything special in the first season.
0: Thank you. I don't know why everybody's going crazy for Clive Owen in that movie. It's not like the guy's doing gangbusters right now. It's not like he's a Hollywood darling. No. I know he's doing the Nick sh- that Nick show on Cinemax right now, and I'm sure... Like, you know, people are watching that and maybe enjoying that. But, like, as far as, like, Hollywood blockbusters, the guy really hasn't done anything.
3: Yeah. When I think of the first movie, I think of um, Mickey Rourke. I think of Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And I think of Elijah Wood as the three the three break, the performances. Yeah. Um, bringing back
0: Bruce Willis in this movie was kind of stupid, though. Yeah. I mean, it was all like uh, – it was like Bruce Willis, he's dead you know from the first movie it was all like you know nancy seeing him in his head or not no it wasn't nancy scene it was like bruce willis in the afterlife talking to nancy jessica alba's character gotcha and it was just kind of weird and out of place that was the that was my biggest fucking problem with this movie was that whole like jessica alba bruce willis shit that was going on everything else i thought was just awesome i love like I love crime thriller noirs anyway. I like mm-hmm. like fucking like LA Confidential and shit like that. Yeah. You know, I love that noir feel. And you know, you give me a noir feel in a movie that fucking looks like a graphic novel like a comic book with yeah. great narrative. Dude, I'm I'm hooked. I don't care if it is 9 years later. I fucking love this movie. I'll be honest with you, it's a Tupperware. I want to see this again in theaters before it's gone. I want to see it in 3D before it's gone.
3: You probably need to hurry. Cause yeah, it's going to be out. That, yeah. yeah,
0: it'll be out of theaters soon. But uh, I'm going to own this on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I love Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, So I Tupperware this movie. I know like, I'm in the minority. Most people either hated it or just kind of liked it. I loved it. I thought it was really good. I really, really love this movie.
3: Yeah, I own the first one on Blu-ray. So I'm, exci- mm-hmm. I'm excited to see this eventually here. Yeah, so definitely give it.
0: Yeah, check it out.
3: Check it, check it out. All right, uh, we're gonna take a break. We're done with good pop, bad pop. We're gonna
0: come back with news. <laughs> Hey, we're back. We're going to talk about some news that happened. We're going to do some uh, Marvel news. Um, I wanted to start off talking about
3: Fox's X-Men Days of Future Past. Hey, uh, we, got, we got the drop still, right? It's my favorite drop. Oh,
0: fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, we got that news drop. Yeah, so it's the pop culture leftover news. Of course we got to do the drop.
3: All right, just making sure I got scared there. I couldn't I even concentrate on the news. You wait every week just to hear this fucking drop, <laughs> right? It's like my favorite part. All right, here we go.
2: Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a little of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo.
3: All Gangsta right, as fuck, yo.
0: Who? Hey, who else has a fucking news drop that says they're gangster as fuck? And fucking nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Is it really is our news really gangster as fuck Jake?
3: Is <laughs> no, it really? No. I
0: mean we're just talking about fucking like Marvel and DC and shit. <laughs>
3: it's the least gangster yeah. ever.
0: I know. I mean I could understand like if we're at a round table and shit talking about news and somebody like get you know pops off and like shoots a cap in somebody's ass. Yeah, we've
3: never talked about anything that was gangster as no, fuck. Not ev- really ever. Not really. Yeah, never. We should do an all Tupac episode or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All
0: right, Fox's X-Men Days of Future <laughs> Past. Uh, I thought it was a great movie, man. Yeah, T- we Tupperware'd it. it.
3: Yeah. I've, it's marinated. I still Tupperware it.
0: Uh, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, deserves it. It's gone over $700 million internationally, and total domestic and internationally in the box office. It's actually, last time I checked, could be even higher than this now. It's at $744 million.
3: Yeah. That's a haul. That's
0: fucking amazing. And on Facebook, I posted that pic of uh, Brian Singer getting a tattoo to celebrate as Patrick Stewart watched. Yeah. So why did Brian Singer celebrate X Men: Days of Future Past milestone with a tattoo? He hasn't said exactly, but people are speculating that he got the suggestion from cast member Sir Ian McKellen, who plays older Magneto in the films. Yeah. The reason being, Ian McKellen has an Elvish number nine tattooed on his shoulder, a group bonding experience he and his Lord of the Rings cast members partook back in 2001.
3: I remember all that. Yeah, all the it's all the members of the Fellowship right got tattoos together.
0: So very cool. Uh, but even though X Men: Days of Future Past is coming out on Blu-ray soon, yay! I'm going to be waiting until next year when they release the extended edition. I'm not going to, man. Oh, I,
3: that's how they get you. Exactly. I, I can't wait. I'm going to
0: wait. I can't wait. I'll red box it. I'll red box ooh, it for like a buck twenty. Ooh, that's a good idea. Just red box it, get it out of my system. You know, it's in theaters right now this weekend.
3: Yeah, but you know what makes me mad when they do the extended editions is I still ha- kind of have an appreciation for the theatrical cut. So I hope that on that second release, it, it still has both. I'm sure it will.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Because sometimes... Do the Lord of the Rings, do they have the theatrical no, cut? I didn't think
3: they do. Because that's one advantage of Dubai buying both Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I, there's something to be said about the theatrical cut and the original way he envisioned it to be on the screen. My question for you, though, is
0: when you watch the Lord of the Rings... Do you watch theatrical cut anymore or do you just watch the extended edition? The
3: uh, last two times I've watched, I've watched the theatrical cut. See, I always go
0: back to the extended edition. Yeah. Once I've seen the extended edition, I can't go back to the theatrical
3: cut. Yeah. I See, not me. I think the extended editions are okay, but I'd almost still rather see all those scenes as deleted scenes as an index and not added into the movie. Yeah. I, you know, I think those movies like Return of the King, geez, it's over three hours already, and now it's four hours.
0: Yeah, if I'm not doing a marathon, though. If I'm watching Return of the King, extended edition, I mean, it may be over the course of a few hours. I may pause it and then come back to it later or something. Yeah. Or the next day. I'm not, God, I can't sit through all of them
3: all the time, especially Return of the fucking King. Exactly. The movie's long enough to begin with. <laughs> exactly. So, that's what I'm saying. I, and there's just something to be said about the original, like, way the score is put together with the original cut and everything. Yeah. Like, the extended editions kind of muddle up the uh, Howard Shore score a little bit. Right. So. Yeah. Hmm. The uh, X-Men, Is a Future Past, it will
0: include all the del- deleted scenes that we didn't get to see, as far as I know. They're saying it will, um, but I've also heard that it might not include the Rogue scenes, so I don't
3: know. Yeah. Until 10 years later when it's the 10-year anniversary with new deleted scenes. Uh, It was officially confirmed by The Hollywood Reporter, but there isn't a
0: release date. Uh, But I'm going to be saving my money for that edition. I'll probably Redbox The Theatrical Mm -hmm. just to get out of my system to watch it again because I did love it so much. Um, But yeah, I I fall for the double dip um,
3: with The Lord of the Rings every time. Mm -hmm. Every time. Did you buy the Hobbit? Did you fall for it for the Hobbit?
0: No, no, I waited for that one. But for the original Lord of the Rings, I did. Each movie, I bought the original version and then bought the extended later. Yeah, I did the
3: same thing. I was that same sucker.
0: But for the Hobbit, I actually got the, um, for like Christmas, I got like the extended edition Mm -hmm. with like the the bookends and shit like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I I went and got like the, the premium version.
3: The extended smog isn't out yet, is it? No, I don't think so. No. Gotcha.
0: No. Um, one of the things we won't see in the X-Men Days of Future Past Extended Edition are the juggernaut scenes that didn't make it to the final screenplay. They were just in the drafts. Originally, it was supposed to be the juggernaut in the movie and not Quicksilver. Oh, wow. The scene they set up was the jailbreak scene at the Pentagon. Writer Simon Kinberg revealed exactly how young Juggernaut was used in earlier drafts of the script. According to Kinberg, the original idea was to have the character fly up in a jet with Xavier, Wolverine, and Beast and hover 20,000 feet above the Pentagon. From there, Juggernaut would have leapt out of the plane and used his special abilities to blast himself through the ground and access Magneto's prison cell. The writer added that Wolverine was going to follow Juggernaut's path and smash every bone in his body once hitting the ground. Obviously, he would use his healing powers to regenerate and survive the fall.
3: That sounds kind of dopey. I'm glad they changed it to the Quicksilver thing. Yeah.
0: Did you ever see the,
3: um, the uh, Juggernaut
0: uh, pictures, what he would have looked like, the concept? I-, I did not. Yeah, they had like – it was a, a costume. They, they threw like a, just a random guy in like this Juggernaut costume. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the look of it, but
3: – That sounds silly. We're just gonna throw the juggernaut at Magneto's cage and then right. bust him out.
0: But that was that was Simon Kinberg's vision for the movie. Right. Brian Singer stepped in. He thought that using the juggernaut was unimaginative and didn't want to use a character from the Brett Ratner film, so he decided <laughs> against that and he decided on using Quicksilver. Yeah. Very smart of
3: Brian Singer. Yeah, it was very smart of Brian Singer. Interesting behind the scenes to know that he made that change. Yeah. And probably what's the Biggest scene from the movie.
0: Yeah, like, okay, one of the, okay, the director that we were probably like the most down on to do this fucking movie, and he's the one who ended up saving that fucking scene by putting in Quicksilver, who we all loved.
3: Yeah, and making one of probably the best scenes in the movie. Oh, I know.
0: Okay, I'm
3: gonna throw this out there, and I don't care what you
0: think. I don't care what you think. Okay, you know how we were talking about how in the second movie, Apocalypse, Uh how, okay, This one was set in the 70s, right? Yes. The next one's set in the 80s. And we didn't want to see a scene where he does the exact same thing set to music, Mm -hmm. right? Is there any song that you could think of that would be appropriate for
3: him to do it? For Quicksilver again? Yeah, in the 80s. Because this movie's going to be set in the 80s. Not not on the top of my head. Do you have it? (laughs) Yes. Let's hear it. You're
0: going to think I'm fucking stupid. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) All right. So I think if they ever do something like this again, like where they did the time in the bottle scene and they slowed everything down, I think for the 80s, I think it would only be appropriate if he played this Walkman again and instead of time in a bottle, Huey Lewis got to go back in time. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be fun. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. You know, from the Back to the Future movies.
3: Yeah, that's good stuff. So... Yeah. There you go. I don't
0: know. Just throwing it out there.
3: I love me some Huey Lewis. I'd be down for that.
0: Yeah. And it fits because it's like, you know, he slows down time, blah, blah, blah yeah. blah, yeah. That whole thing again. I don't know. People probably don't want to see that rehashed again.
3: Yeah. Brian Singer, if you're hearing this. Oh, yeah. I'm
0: sure he listens to
3: us. I'm sure. He tweets us all the time. Yeah, he does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Al- actor Alfred Molina, who played Dr. Octopus in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, did such an amazing job with the character. And he's been considered by fans the perfect Doc Ock. Yeah, I personally think he was one of the best actors to play a villain in a superhero film, right up there with you know Tom Hiddleston's Loki and uh, and Michael Fassbender's Magneto, in my opinion. Yeah, would you name anybody else in movies that you really liked as a villain in these
3: comic book movies? I mean, I thought Defoe was great in the first Spider-Man. <laughs> I I really liked it. I didn't like the costume. I thought he was a good yeah Goblin,
0: but I mean. As far as the costumes concerned, I didn't really care for it.
3: Yeah, but like the Defoe scene in front of the mirror is so great. Like, yeah, his performance was good. Yeah, I mean, does Heath Ledger?
0: Oh yeah, Heath Ledger. He was awesome. So I liked him. Yeah, I love that. You know, Dark Knight Rises is my uh, Dark Knight is my least favorite of those films, though.
3: Yeah, that's crazy talk.
0: Really? Yeah, you're nuts. My favorite was in Rises. My second favorite was Begins, and my least favorite was The Dark Knight. Yeah, you're, you're you're nuts. Fair enough. I mean, I'll take it, whatever. But that's just me. Yeah, Rises is your favorite. Yeah. Oh, you're nuts. I loved Rises. I thought it was great. Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed it.
3: Yeah. I I don't know. I think it could have been a lot better. I suppose. Yeah. It, it, I mean, all that stuff with him underground in the sewers and the climbing up stuff was really like long to me. And just, I, I wanted to see more. It, it was kind of annoying to me how they just jumped ahead seven years or whatever it was. Uh huh. Like, I, it's just not the story I wanted to see in a sequel to The Dark Knight. Hmm. Like, I understand what Nolan was going for. Right. But it really wasn't what I was excited to see. It was I like old, that. washed up Batman coming back. You know? Yeah. So, eh. I loved it. Yeah, I taste it.
0: I loved it. Tupperware. Yeah. I loved it. It's my favorite of all the films. It's the one I always go back and watch. And then the the next one is Batman Begins. That's wild. I don't know, man. I mean, I know. I love it. It's, they're all Tupperwares for me, in my opinion. I yeah. mean, but it's Dark Knight is just my least favorite of all of them.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm not the one to tell you you're crazy because they're all pretty much taste hits for me. Hmm. But Dark Knight's my favorite. Dark Knight and then Batman Begins and then Rises. Okay. For me, yeah, I know I'm in the minority.
0: I mean, most people love fucking Dark Knight. That, that's their movie. Like they love the Heath Ledger Joker and all that stuff. And yeah. I liked it too. But man, I just I loved Rises for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. And I said I don't have any great reason to explain like why it's my favorite. I don't know. Yeah, Tom- I just I just felt like I don't know. I just felt like his uh, back was against the wall more in that movie. Like he had so much to fucking
3: lose. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like the ending, the fake psych out death stuff.
0: Oh, I thought it was funny because it's like Batman trying to get rid of the bomb, and you always had that in the Adam West films, like yeah. you know him trying to get rid of the bomb. And <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, get up the
3: shark repellent, right?
0: Um, so recently, we were talking about. Uh, Yeah, Alfred Molina. He was in an interview (laughs) with uh, Collider and he revealed uh, what he would say if he was asked to reprise his role as Dr. Octopus. Here's what Alfred Molina had to say. That was the most fun I think I've ever had on a movie of that kind, you know? Those big, big sort of features where you spend like six months hanging off a wire, you know, and that stuff. But it was the first movie of that kind I've ever been involved in. I had a wonderful time. I loved it. I mean, I'd go back and do it again in a heartbeat.
3: Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I've heard Raimi's just super fun to work with on set, too. That it's a really relaxed atmosphere when Raimi's, you know, directing a movie like that. Right. So, you know, he's professional, but everyone is super relaxed and, you know, always having a good time. Yeah. I I don't see
0: him coming back for these new films. No. I don't see them inviting him back for it. (sighs) I don't know. It'd be cool. I guess we can talk about. We're going to talk about another actor wanting to come back and play another part.
3: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, later. Yeah.
0: But I don't want them to ruin what I thought about Alfred Molina in the original Raimi movies by fucking, up, fucking him up in like a Sinister Six movie.
3: Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of neat. If I'd be okay with it if they brought Alfred Molina back to play Dr. Octopus. Yeah. It'd just be like another reality, Dr. Octopus, even though it's the same actor, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I'd be okay with it. I don't think they will. They won't. I think there's no percent chance this happens. Right. But if it did, I wouldn't, you know, just like I wouldn't mind if they had um, the same actor that played J. Jonah Jameson come back. No,
0: that, that would be great. I mean, they need a little bit of that in this movie.
3: Yeah, exactly. So.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would confuse audiences either. No,
3: not at all. You know,
0: they had Alfred come back and play Alfred and all those like fucking Burton and Schumacher films for <laughs> so long and
3: I think it was fine. Yeah, no one got confused. Right. By, by that at least.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's see here. Are we finally going to get to see Captain Marvel and Black Panther get their own Marvel solo films or even be introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Kevin Feige spoke with IGN. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to his response.
1: What mm. are the other big speculations
0: that people have? Is okay. Let's try and figure out what the next movies might be. Right. Um, maybe it's Black Panther. Maybe it's uh, Captain Marvel. Yes. Are those characters that you would like to bring to life and give well, a solo a, film?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Is it, there? No. Go ahead.
4: Econ. Should I announce it? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I'm not announcing. But it is. It is <laughs> something. <had> <laughs> they're both characters that 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 uh, that we like. That development work has been done on, is continuing to be done on, um, and certainly the public. It's a question I get asked more than anything else. Yeah. More than Iron Man four, more than Avengers three, um, and that that's sort of the first time that's really happened to us. So I think that makes a difference. I think that's something that that we have to pay attention to.
1: So you do take kind of that feedback from the public okay. about we want these characters.
4: Yes, I mean, you know, I've always said we have our plan, we have, and it served us very well. Um, uh, and there hasn't been anything that uh, that has made us deviate or change from that based on, on on an opinion because opinions online change and they alter and they are based on sort of limited information they have to what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but in this particular case, um, I think it is a groundswell, and I think it, I think it does, I think it means something substantial.
3: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, but I mean. Does it really mean that we are going to get those movies?
3: Yeah, I I think we will. For sure, a Black Panther, I think, before Captain Marvel.
0: Everything I've been reading is, like, what they were wanting to do is, like, introduce these characters into, like, other movies, and they hadn't really planned on doing, like, a solo film. But maybe because of audience and, like, you know, fan reactions for the characters, they maybe are considering it now.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. I've heard that these characters are going to be introduced in, like, Avengers 2 even, as soon as. Really? Yeah, I've, I've seen rumors like that. Of Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel and yeah. Black Panther. I haven't heard Black Panther. Huh? Yeah, yeah. there's been the rumors that there's the scene where Captain America is going to make a new Avengers near the end of Avengers 2. Have you We're going to talk
0: about that later. Okay, yeah. okay.
3: Yeah. yeah, Yeah,
0: I've heard that, too. Gotcha.
3: Um, I don't know, man. Uh,
0: maybe he's just trying to be really secretive. Maybe they do have this all in the works. He just wants to be secretive.
3: And he kind of jokes about how he has to be secretive a little bit there, too. Yeah. By saying, oh, you want me to announce it? Well, I can't do that. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they are listening to, like, the heartbeat of the fans. Like, what what we want. And maybe they are going to feel – like, maybe they are going to change, you know, their – their plans because like they had like movies scheduled slated maybe Mm -hmm. maybe because of what people are saying now that they are gonna they are gonna do this but i mean uh with that i mean it's almost like if they had everything slated and everything planned they have to they have to work them in like shoehorn them in now yeah do they really want to change what they have Mm. To shoehorn these characters
3: in. I think it's safe to shoehorn things in, in four to five years. I don't think you, you can, you can make slight adjustments. Right. I I think they can handle it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Dr.
0: Strange casting. Oh, let's do that. Or the lack thereof.
3: (laughs) Of, of actual concrete news, at least.
0: Yeah. Uh, some names over the last few months, they've been tossed around, um, you know, names like Johnny Depp, Adrian Brody. Joaquin Phoenix, Jared Leto, John Hamm.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, and now newcomer uh, Jack Houston. Am I saying that right? Or is it Huston? Uh, Jack I, Houston? I think it's Houston? Houston. Okay. Let's talk about Jack uh, Houston. I, I really know nothing about the guy. Me neither. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff uh, from a uh, Spartacus miniseries back in 2004 mm. to a horror cult hit called Shrooms. In which he played a film geek named Jake. Sounds okay. familiar.
3: Yeah, I have seen that. Now, have you? Yeah, really. It's pretty funny.
0: Do you remember Jack Houston's performance in that? I mean, not very well. I okay. remember the character though. Gotcha. Uh, he's been uh, he's been in some movies too. Twilight Eclipse <laughs> no. and uh, an American Hustle. He played a small part in that movie. Gotcha. Uh, but it looks like he's really come into his own apparently um, on that uh, Boardwalk Empire show on HBO. Oh, gotcha. And, you know, um, I've never seen an episode of the show and apparently he started off as a minor character, but then was so well received that he made, he was made a series regular on the show.
3: I've never seen an episode either, but I'm a huge, uh, Steve Buscemi fan. So at some point I really should check Boardwalk Empire out. Exactly. It's, God damn it. You know, these fucking shows that come out.
1: Yeah.
0: Let me talk about these fucking shows that come out that are like hits and shit. (laughs) Can I talk about the fuck? Okay. I'm going to... Enough of this Dr. Strange talk real quick. I'm just going to go off on a fucking rant here.
1: <laughs> Here's
0: the thing, okay? These shows come out, okay? Like uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. They come out. And then, like, everybody, like, all these fucking people that are in from the ground floor, they're like, oh, you got to watch Breaking Bad. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. And then, like, season two comes out. And you, you haven't checked it out yet. Mm-hmm. Now they're on season three and you still haven't checked it out. By the time it gets to, like, season four or five, it's like... Do you really want to jump in there and start watching this shit now? Yeah,
3: exactly. It's like it's all, you've already missed the peak.
0: And mate. Breaking Bad's done and over with. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's like I haven't seen. I watched the first episode of Breaking Bad. I should have probably kept going with it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And shit like Boardwalk Empire. How many seasons? Five now or something? Yeah, yeah. It's like now I gotta start over for five seasons and just like binge watch this shit. Same thing with like Sons of Anarchy. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I've watched like the first season, I'm halfway into the first uh second season and I still haven't jumped back on that fucking thing.
3: Yeah, you need to.
0: But then again, I'm in the, I'm the fucking idiot who just finished last week watching fucking True Blood. Yeah. 7 seasons of that shit show.
3: I heard that um the ending was not well received. Oh god, it was awful. Yeah, really. It was
0: fucking horrible. Actually, there's a scene that's supposed to be emotional in it. Yeah. I fucking was laughing out loud. Oh no. I was laughing out loud at True Blood, the finale. Oh, no. One part that I did enjoy, it was the fucking Eric Northman shit. I fucking love uh, Alexander Mm Skarsgård, and all the Eric Northman shit in that fucking finale was fucking great. (laughs) It was really good. All that shit was fucking good. Uh, I liked it, but it's like there were so many things that they had set up that entire first season of True, uh, that that last season of True Blood, this mm-hmm. last season of True Blood. So many different story arcs going on, and like this, like this main thing that they had to like conquer, and they just like wrapped it up in like fifteen minutes in that last episode. Oh, like they just kind of like wrapped it up really quickly, and then kind of like gave you each. Story of each character on how like their story ended. Okay, and it was it was pretty awful. Mm. Yeah,
3: yeah, I heard even like hardcore fans were not pleased by it.
0: Well, I mean, God, I to call yourself a hardcore fan of True Blood. I mean, I I watched every season, I watched every episode, but I mean, the show is. It's, it can't be taken seriously. I don't know why anybody would expect anything more from it. I mean, really, because they haven't given you anything of real substance. It's just, it almost became a parody, parody of itself, like for a few seasons. That's funny. You know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Gotcha. So, yeah, fuck that last episode, but whatever. <laughs>
1: um,
0: let's see here. Um, but yeah, um.
3: Doctor Strange. Yeah, Jack, <laughs>
0: Jack Houston. Um, I've looked at his pictures, and there's a few pictures. I mean, he has the, the look of a young Stephen Strange. Yeah,
3: you got that.
0: So I'm going to give this one a freeze-it for now. Okay. Um, but um, if you're familiar with him and you like him or you don't like him, let us know. Just send us, like, an email, at com, or just, like, hit us up on Facebook page and let us know why he should or shouldn't be Doctor Strange, because I I really have no idea. I'm not not an expert.
3: Or let us know who you think should be Doctor Strange, of all all the people floating around right now. Yeah.
0: Um, The actor that Marvel really wants to get is still Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) Don't blame him. Uh, They were set to announce him as Doctor Strange during the panel at San Diego Comic-Con, but the contract was still not signed. On Thursday, Collider reported that Phoenix is still in talks for the role, and that he's at the one-yard line. Um, he, can, he met with Marvel this week. The problems that have kept the deal from closing remain that they go beyond the basic fact that Phoenix is balking at the heavy multi-picture contract. Joaquin Phoenix literally doesn't know if he can work on this kind of movie. Hmm. So it's like they want to sign him for multiple pictures, mm-hmm. a multiple deal. He doesn't know if this is the kind of movie that he wants to kind of like this is not this is not his typical kind of movie.
3: No, and it's a big commitment. It's right. not like he can just dip his toes in and then jump out of the pool. Right. Like they he's got to jump in whole hog. Right. So yeah.
0: I and I'll be honest with you. I think like like what we've seen from Marvel as far as like all the stuff that they've been doing behind the scenes on this movie does pr- it does kind of point to the fact that they are trying to get a guy like Phoenix on this film. Marvel, they've done things like they've got a real horror film director, Scott Derrickson to take on this movie as director. Mm -hmm. I think that was to show Phoenix that they are serious about this and, and, and their take on this character. Um, I don't think that a deal is going to get done with Phoenix. I think that he does not want to be involved in these movie projects with huge sets and, movies with major reshoots like this I think he wants to concentrate on smaller films that are more story and character driven and not saying that like Marvel films can't be that they they they, they, they can be character driven
3: he just doesn't want to be involved with all the publicity right and that's another big thing I it's- don't events like San Diego Comic-Con
0: can you see Joaquin Phoenix going there to San Diego Comic-Con
3: yeah I can't yeah, I, I think it would be huge if he took the role, though. I think it would be very well received, and he would be great in the role. Um, I just think I think that this takes him out of his comfort
0: zone. And if he's not comfortable signing a you know, four- to six-picture deal, I say Marvel lets him walk, and they get somebody in there like this Jack Houston from Boardwalk Empire that would want to do this movie. Yeah, I see your point. I don't want him in there. Just if he wanted to do it, I mean, if he has all these reservations about doing it, I don't. I don't want him doing it.
3: Yeah, I can see your point there. I still hope they get him. Hmm. I really do. I guess. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I just
0: there's there's so much. I mean, I don't think they need another thing i don 't think Marvel needs another guy coming out and saying how much it was how much he did not like working with Marvel studios i don 't think they need another John Favreau. i no. don't think they need another Edgar Wright no I think Marvel needs to separate themselves from that I Ed think Norton, they need, same yeah thing. Ed Norton wanting creative control. I think they need to kind of like uh you know, yeah, they put all their eggs in one basket with Robert Downey Jr. He's the one guy that they're trying to appease all the time. Mm-hmm. Give him creative control because nobody wants to lose him as Tony Stark. That's fine. If he wants to make the fucking Iron Man costume pink, let him make it pink. Whatever. Yeah. Keep the guy happy. But as far as a guy who hasn't even done a fucking movie for Marvel as far as Joaquin Phoenix trying to put all give it give him like this fucking ultimatum like you know, like, "Oh, I just want to do one picture or" You know, I don't like all, I don't like this. I don't like that. Blah blah blah. Let him walk. Somebody else can do it. Yeah, somebody else can do it. I see your point. You know what I mean? I, I, I they don't need this negative press. I mean, I like what Marvel Studios have done so far. I mean, if anybody's getting it right, it's fucking Marvel Studios, and let's keep that train going. We don't need another fucking Edgar Wright. We don't need a fucking another John Favreau coming out. And I'm not saying that I disagree with John Favreau. I totally get where he came from. But, you know, we don't need that. They don't need that.
3: Yeah, I agree. But, man, I I still want to
0: see it happen. And I'm not I'm not sold. I'm still not 100 percent sold on Joaquin Phoenix as Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think he'll kill it.
3: I'd rather see Jared Leto. Yeah, I would rather see Joaquin.
0: I'm not sold as – there's a lot of reasons. Why, why is it why, – why Joaquin?
3: Why I, Joaquin? I don't know. I just – he's just such a great character actor and he just puts himself just fully in the role and everything. I mean – If that, he can't
0: put himself fully into this fucking contract or – if if this is not like a dream job for him – I don't want a guy coming into work. If I if I hire a guy, I want a guy that's going to be coming in there to be excited and want to do the job.
3: I think he will if he has the job. I think the second he accepts the job, he will accept the responsibility of the job. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't see I don't see him half assing any performance. Yeah,
0: which is another reason I don't think he's going to do it in the first place.
3: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, in a perfect world, he would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do it." Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Doctor Strange is such an eccentric character, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. Yeah. But on the flip side, last person I want to see him get is fucking Johnny Depp.
3: The the last person. I'm in 100% agreement with you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd rather see Christian Slater than Johnny Depp. But, you know, even Jared Leto, I don't think that...
0: I think that he's kind of, like, in the same boat as fucking, Far- like, Joaquin Phoenix, man. I think
3: exactly. He's going to be a hard guy to tie down to a multi-picture deal. Coming too. off a of Dallas Buyers
0: Club where he won, like, every freaking award for that a- performance.
3: Yeah, I-, I agree 100%. He
0: And it's not like he comes out with, like, two or three movies every year. Like, this guy, you know, he's a successful musician, too. Mm-hmm. He goes on tour. He does like maybe one or two movies like every couple years. It's not like, and this guy is like really careful when it comes to like planning out like what kind of roles he's going to do.
3: Yeah, that would take over his career. Yeah. To sign on as Doctor Strange. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't see that either. Yeah, because
0: that's going to come with like, you know, you got to do, you know, Doctor Strange movie, a Doctor Strange sequel. We're going to have you in Avengers 3. We're going to have you, you know, maybe do a cameo here, cameo there. Yeah. I don't see it.
3: Yeah, I don't see it either.
0: Maybe this Jack Houston's the guy they need to go with. Yeah. You know, I mean, surround him with some other big actors. Do like the whole like Chris Hemsworth Thor thing.
3: I tell you this I'd rather see. Is it um, Jack Houston is his name? Jack Houston. I'd rather see Jack Houston now than to do, you know, a Jared Leto. And then, oh, he can't do the next movie, so now it's Jack Houston. right? You know, if that's the way we have to go, I'd rather see it. From, oh, yeah, from you the don't want jump. this to
0: turn into like an Eric Bana, exactly. Eric Bana, then uh, Edward Norton,
3: then Mark Ruffalo, exactly. Right? Yeah. So if that's the if that's the better way to go, so we can keep the same guy, then right. I appreciate the continuity of the same actor.
0: They kept talking about okay. Let's talk about this. I want to talk about this a little bit more because they kept talking about. The fact that they want this they want this um dr strange they think he's such he's an important character in the marvel cinematic universe that they actually want him to kind of be like another version of like tony stark right
3: yeah as, in a way in a way as like
0: as far as your like, head if, marvel. if 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 Robert Downey Jr. leaves the franchise, they wanted the guy who to step in. Like, the rumors I've heard, they wanted the guy that steps in to be Doctor Strange to be able to be the guy that can kind of, like, um, appease everybody if Robert Downey Jr. leaves. Like, oh, we still got that amazing guy that can play Doctor Strange, that fun, eccentric guy that can play Doctor Strange. Yeah. That's Joaquin. Really? Yeah. How? (laughs) I mean... How? I mean, I, I don't see that Joaquin – Joaquin is a great character actor when it comes to, like, these indie drama films. Yeah. But as far as being that guy, like, that, like, I'm drawn to because he's fucking cool. Like, yeah. like oh, my God, this guy's – like, because Robert Downey Jr. could do anything and yeah. it would be cool.
3: Yeah. He's not as cool as Robert Downey Jr., but I think he could be just as much of a figurehead. Like, I I kind of see it as the equivalent of um, – and this is – Kind of a bad example, but Johnny Depp's character in like the Pirates movies, a little bit. You know, he's the eccentric character that. I guess I'm just having a hard time picturing what Joaquin Phoenix' performance
0: as Doctor Strange would be, and I guess you might think that you have a better grasp on like what that character would be in a film.
3: Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I just feel like it'll be fun and quirky, but not like hammy and over the top, right? I feel like he's really going to bring it. He's going to make Doctor Strange cool if it's him. Hmm. Like, I, I'm just excited at that idea a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... Scott Derrickson's going to make it creepy. So it's not... Um, Joaquin's yeah. not going to be being hammy. He's going to be being serious, quirky Doctor Strange in a, in a very, you know, dramatic Scott Derrickson world. Yeah.
0: I like the idea when they had the idea of, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt being him. But I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's still a little young. Yeah. So I thought that was a problem. But I thought a guy like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the kind of guy I want to see do this. Yeah. I th- just somebody a little bit more seasoned as yeah. an actor
3: and a little bit older. And he's a little bit more charismatic as, Ex- a, as, as, a, as a personality. Right. Yeah, right. I, I see where you're going with there. Yeah. Yeah. Queen's Joaquin, a little bit of a recluse. Yeah, exactly. Not so friendly with the fans. Right. And, the, and the, yeah, I, I just think it'd be a great movie. I just don't think
0: – I don't even think that they've nailed it as far as, like, the cast. Like, I think the biggest wild card for me is this Jack Houston. I don't know anything about him at all. He's the biggest wild card. So, like, if he gets cast as as Doctor Strange, it's going to take that first trailer because I think everybody was sold on fucking Iron Man the movie as soon as everybody saw that first trailer. Yeah. As soon as – that. okay, yeah, you can say, oh, he's the perfect casting as soon as they cast him. Mm-hmm. I thought it too, but until I saw that first trailer, that's when I just, that's when it was just like, oh, this is it. This is it.
3: Yeah, they nailed it. Yeah, they nailed it. We all knew it. We all knew it. the trailer. Yeah,
0: exactly. This is it. This is going to be the movie. I can't wait to see it. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I can't wait to see a fucking Iron Man movie.
3: Yeah. It was super exciting.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know who they could cast as... Like there's some there's some bullshit castings out there. There are some bullshit castings. Like they're, they're talking about having fucking uh, Charlie Hunnam play Snake from <laughs> Escape from New York the uh, reboot. Okay,
3: yeah, not a fan of that.
0: No, I mean I like Charlie Hunnam, yeah, but he cannot replace Kurt Russell. No,
3: who can though?
0: In those movies. You know what? I, th- I, I think. I think if you look hard enough, you're going to be able to find somebody out there for anything. I mean, who would have thought? Like anybody could replace Indiana Jones.
3: Yeah, but who and has?
0: Who would have thought? But now it's like you know, you get reports and you do get some kind of a good reception from some people saying, "Oh, okay, I think Chris Pratt could do a pretty good job now." Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you hear a name like Charlie Hunnam, you're like, "Ho hum." It's like. S- same with the fucking like Total Recall movie. Yeah, the Total Recall movie. You had Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was a fun fucking movie. Science fiction had to deal with like all this, you know, uh, you know, dealing with like y- your mind and all this shit and like that. It was fun. It had mutants in it. Yeah, and, I love Total Recall. Uh Was it Quato? Is yeah, that his name? Quato. Yeah, I mean, fun characters like that. And then what did they do? Oh, let's let's take a Nolan version of this. Make it all gritty and grounded. and have colin farrell in there yeah looking all sad about everything exactly (laughs) so i mean there's certain castings like i think like if you if you just wait if you just hold out a little bit longer and wait for somebody to come along they're going to be able to come in there and they're going to be able to do that like fucking ghostbusters that's the thing like let's not reboot ghostbusters now until that right actor does fucking come along because a lot of times people are like oh you'll never live up to the original you know what jake i think that's Bullshit. I, I think it's bullshit. I think if you have the right actors in place, the sun and the stars and everything's fucking aligned just right, you can make a great movie with a good screenplay. I liked what Max Landis did. Mm-hmm. I think you can make a great fucking movie if you just wait sometimes. It's like, Hollywood is just like, okay, let's fucking make like fucking, uh let's just reboot at fucking everything now, just yeah. to, for a fucking quick, quick cash grab. Just like with Gremlins 3 that they're talking about, or this Gremlins reboot. And Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, all this shit. I can understand that you want to reboot all this stuff for a fucking cash grab, because everybody's doing it now and these movies are making money. But you know what? When you come out with a bad version of Evil Fucking Dead, it fucking puts a fucking, like, you know for me it just puts a bad fucking taste in my mouth watching these movies yeah don't fuck these things up from my past that pisses me off wait for the right actor to come along wait for the right director you just know george lucas just knew he just knew that star wars was going to be amazing
3: the problem is is when they come out with original movies like pacific rim or edge of tomorrow they just don't the stupid people don't go see them enough that's true you know what I'm saying? And money talks and bullshit walks. And right. it seems like it's the it's the people that make it. So we keep seeing all these terrible reboots of everything. Yeah. So it's like, you know, don't go see this stuff. If, if you don't like it and it doesn't look good to you. Stop watching. Yeah. If, if you don't like Amazing Spider-Man,
0: if you don't like watching Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, yeah. don't go see it. You know, but we got to practice what we preach then. Yeah. You know?
3: Well, honestly, I, I – without the podcast, I'm pretty good at practicing what I preach. Yeah. I am. Um, I wasn't podcasting when Amazing Spider-Man one came out right. and didn't watch it until the week before. spider That's Spider-Man true. 2 that is true. Out. Yeah. So, you know, but because of doing the show and everything and want to talk about it, I go right. see the movies, but without the show, I do practice what I preach when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know,
0: man. I just think like,
3: I lo- I like Charlie Hunnam, but I mean, he's
0: no replacement for Kurt Russell. Yeah. Come on.
3: Yeah. I'm excited to I hope we get news about Doctor Strange soon. What do you think about this? Uh, you saw
0: that uh, Aaron Paul, that Josh Whedon tweet. Yeah, um, Josh Whedon tweet tweeted to Aaron Paul. Started Breaking Bad. Welcome aboard, at Aaron Paul to Marvel. Good luck as Doctor Strange. May the Mystic Power of Agamotto be with you, Mister Pinkman. So. As soon as that went up, yeah, maybe an hour or two, it went down. Hmm. So, what do you what do you think? What was the deal with that? What's going on with that?
3: I have no idea. We know it was official. It was actually from Whedon's. Yeah, it was from Whedon's account. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, no idea.
0: Um, the only thing that I could think of is like uh, maybe Whedon heard that he was cast in Doctor Strange, but didn't realize that he wasn't. Cast as Doctor Strange, but maybe he's playing a different role in the film.
3: Oh, that's interesting.
0: So that's the only thing I could really come up with. Yeah, I wonder who he would play if not Doctor Strange. I don't know. Is he Wong? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, but I just, I just, one of those things where it's like, it's kind of a weird thing to like throw out there. And, uh,
3: Whedon's kind of a loose cannon. Yeah. When it comes to that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. It's kind of weird though. That is kind of weird. Because you think that he would you know it's like he's he says you know like, like welcome aboard to marvel yeah really weird
3: that is weird mhm well, well we'll know more about that soon eventually too i think
0: yeah well yeah true yeah, I, I think the casting, I think we're just within weeks of hearing about this casting. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, But they, the weird thing is, like, we're talking about this casting, they haven't even officially announced the fucking movie yet. It is true. Isn't that weird? It is weird. its weird has got the, the, Momoa, the Momoa casting, too. Like, we know is going to be in a movie, but he's still not saying that
3: he's Aquaman. Well, the strange thing is even weirder, because we have a director attached. Yeah, Scott Derrickson. Yeah, and the movie's not even in Exactly.
0: <laughs> weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. I'll,
0: I don't know. We'll talk about the whole Hollywood cashing in on these fucking reboots in the future. Or we always I,
3: have to because that's all that comes out. It's true. <laughs>
0: it's true. You know, like Gremlins and uh, and Ghostbusters and stuff like that. Don't make them if it's. God damn it. Just don't make them if it's going to fucking put what, a bad taste in your When are we going to see
3: the Back to the Future
1: remake? <laughs>
0: That's the thing. It's like, don't ever make that. Don't ever remake it. Yeah. It's 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 like one of those things where like um, Hollywood hasn't really tried to mi- remake. And I know that they did the Sam Raimi-Oz movie. Mm-hmm. But like trying to remake the actual Wizard of Oz story again. I mean. Yeah. Come on. You're never going to be able to relive what they did in that movie.
3: The Muppets did it. <laughs> no. I'm just fucking... No, I think The Wiz did it. The Wiz, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was in Toronto for the Toronto International Film Festival and talked with Toronto Sun and revealed his thought on the new Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, uh, Galaxy in some ways is the best Marvel movie ever, and it's odd for someone with on occasion an ego the size of mine to actually say that. Um. So, I don't know. What do you What do you think about that Uh, that quote?
3: I think that's cool. That I think I, he meant it. I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of people saying he says that for every movie when it comes out. And yeah. Everything, but I didn't see him saying that kind of stuff for Cap Two, going on publicity for Cap Two. Yeah. Um. I saw um Al Pacino weighing in on Guardians of the Galaxy this week too. What did What'd you, he say? Did you see that? He said he thought it was a spectacular film. Really? Yeah. And I thought that was probably more from the heart. He has nothing to gain by coming out and saying Guardians of the Galaxy was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he could play like the collector's brother or something. Maybe Al Pacino's our Doctor Strange. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be good.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that's weird. Al Pacino. I'd never think that he'd come out and say anything about him. Mar- I wouldn't even see him watching any Marvel movies. Yeah, he said, hoo this Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um side note here though Guardians of the Galaxy is the highest ra- uh, highest grossing domestic movie of the summer in yes. just three weeks it's not the highest grossing movie globally though but it's impressive that the last time I looked at the numbers it was like it was split 50-50 from domestic almost 50-50 domestic to international box office it was like it had, like, done, like, $251 million U.S. domestically and then $249 million internationally. So it's almost like a
3: 49 51 split. Yeah, Chris Pratt in two of the three highest grossing domestic movies right now because uh, Lego Movie is number three on that list right behind Captain America 2. Wow.
0: It's pretty amazing.
3: Yeah. Pretty good yeah. shit. And then i will have
0: Jurassic World coming out. Jurassic World, which, I mean, they're going to get a boost in numbers, I think, just because of all this.
3: Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty impressive. I don't know. I don't know about uh, Downey Jr. saying that though. I think like I think that uh, he thought it was a good film, but man, I I don't know, man. I I, I wonder what because he says in some ways is the best Marvel movie ever.
3: Oh yeah, eh, that's kind of a cop out a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I agree with Robert Downey Jr. though. It's the best Marvel movie. It's not the best Marvel movie. Oh, by far.
0: No, it's not. It's
3: really not. By it's far. really not it is
0: it's 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 good but i mean okay i mean it it's it's a, a real it's a really good movie as far as like if it's a standalone movie but i think I, I i don't know i think avengers was the best comic book movie ever it gave me more like oh shit moments like yeah like the fact uh you you had that moment where you know all you know all the Avengers are standing together and they do that you know scan and pan sh- scene.
3: Oh, I know, I know exactly where that was
0: amazing. About. And then like Robert Downey Jr. talking to Loki, uh, you know Tony Stark and Loki, and then like you know like the the Hulk picking up Loki and like tossing him and bashing. Oh him and yeah, I love like that. that scene. Stuff was awesome. Avengers I, is
3: my second favorite Marvel movie.
0: Yeah, I just I, I I don't I I really I loved Guardians of the Galaxy, but I I, I just. It's still got to be, like, my fourth or fifth favorite Marvel movie.
3: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. There's a lot of people in your camp. Ah. Uh, all right.
0: Empire. Talked with director Joss Whedon about next summer's Avengers sequel, Age of Ultron. And he had some great quotes about the movie that I wanted to share. Let's hear it. It's more epic, and in other ways, it's more noirish and suspect and devious and specific. Ultron, he's got a touch of the apocalypse in him. And then Kevin Feige offered up these details about the movie. He said, Ultron was the villain Joss wanted from midway through production of the first film to have serious repercussions for the Avengers. We unveiled a poster here, which is nothing but Ultron after Ultron after Ultron, clawing at the beginning to defeat all of our Avengers. That's what a lot of this movie is about. Uh, Kevin Feige also went to talk, went on to talk about the Hulkbuster armor scene where there is clearly a battle with the Hulk that we saw in the concept art that was released. He says, it's a bespoke suit, uh, the backup plan in case things go awry. The Hulkbuster is from after my time as a reader, but even I knew what a big deal it was. It makes sense because there's no one who can really go up against the Hulk, but more importantly – those guys are best friends. So what that battle is and what it means is fascinating
3: to me. Hmm. That'll be fun. I can't wait to see the Hulkbuster armor in action. Yeah. That's super cool. And Robert Downey Jr. piloting it, right? Isn't that what's the from – that, From that quote, that's what I'm taking from yeah, it. Yeah. That, that's,
0: that's why I'm saying it. That's what I took too. He said the Hulkbuster – he mentions the Hulkbuster. Then he goes on to say, but more importantly, those guys are best friends. Yeah, so maybe like the after credit scene from Iron Man 3 is as lame as I thought that they were at the time where you know Tony is talking to Banner. It just kind of reinforces that these guys are buddies and then watching them fight each other is going to be pretty epic. So that's definitely one of my most anticipated scenes from Avengers Age of Ultron, if that's what they're going to do.
3: Yeah, and I'm excited how they're emphasizing how much Ultron there's going to be in this movie. Yeah. And all the Ultron bots and everything. I'm, I'm super excited for all that.
0: Badass Digest has some interesting rumors on Avengers Age of Ultron that I wanted to share with everybody. They reportedly have gotten their hands on an earlier script for the film. And think that the team we see now, uh, comprised of Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye, could change with some characters being eliminated from the team and new ones being added. Here's what Badass Digest had to say. And so it shall be on film at the end of Age of Ultron. Oh, here, I'm sorry, excuse me, let me start over. One of the great things about the Avengers is that the team is always changing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, Avengers number 16 had Captain America replace the entire original Avengers team, of which he isn't even a member. He was introduced in Avengers number four with new members. The Avengers have always been uh, interchangeable. And so it shall be on film. At the end of Age of Ultron, Cap will assemble a team that is a mix of familiar and new faces leading forward into Phase 3. It's an exciting mission statement from Marvel Studios, letting audiences know that the Avengers team is more than just the guys who were in the first film. The makeup of that team is, technically, up in the air until that scene is shot. I suspect it's going to be saved for either scheduled reshoots or will be snuck into the schedule of Captain America 3, which goes before cameras early next year. But Joss Whedon's script did indicate... Who would be on that team? I won't reveal all the names, and some have changed in between drafts, by the way. But one character who has always been in this new team is Captain Marvel. Ah, that's awesome. They say, now this is an end of the movie cameo. This isn't a big part of the movie. This new version of the Avengers isn't involved in an action sequence or anything So changing the characters can be done up until the last minute without hurting the story itself. With this bit of... With this bit accomplishes it... Accomplishes is basically pointing the way to phase three, saying these characters will be important. That's why Captain Marvel, called Miss Marvel in the scripts, that they know about is important. This cameo establishes establishes her as a player in phase three, possibly with a movie of her own, likely with a movie of her own. Um, They say, uh, they go on to say, but now I'm hearing that Marvel has cold feet about including her in the film, not because they're against the character. My sources assure me she is coming and it's very plausible. She could be on the team in Avengers three, but because they're not certain, they want to introduce her in this way. They basically aren't certain. They want to just drop her into the Marvel cinematic universe fully formed in a team movie. Uh, I've heard that Marvel is avoiding full-blown origin stories moving forward. Mm. Uh, example, less Iron Man or Captain America the First Avenger and more Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. Characters who are already on their paths when the movie opens. But that doesn't mean that they just, that they want to just drop characters into the movie universe who are fully existing. Example, while Doctor Strange may not follow the Batman Begins template, following Stephen Strange from civilian life to becoming Sorcerer Supreme. It doesn't mean the movie will open with everybody in the world knowing who he is. Look to Doctor Strange's first appearance in Strange Tales number 110 for a good template. The dude has his powers but isn't involved in the superhero universe around him yet. Doctor Strange didn't actually get an origin for a number of issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, this makes sense, and it goes along with what's been going on in the movies. Yes. Because in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, What's-His-Face did drop Stephen Strange in -hmm. the movie. So S.H.I.E.L.D. has had their eye on him for quite some time. So an origin story would seem kind of out of
3: place. Yeah. It would seem like a flashback at this point. Right, if they did anything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. There was a lot of stuff I took away from all the stuff you just said. Um, Yeah, I, one thing I really like is um, the whole uh, new Avengers team concept. I mean, that's always a super exciting comic right. when it's the week that they're going to announce the new Avengers team. Right. I mean, almost during every – anytime any new creator gets a control of Avengers, the first thing everyone says is, who's going to be on the team? Who's going to be on the team? Who's going right. to be on the team? Yeah. So kind of getting the movie equivalent of that where we get one final scene where we see who's going to be on the team sounds like a really fun concept. Right. And I really do hope they do something sneaky like film it during Captain America 3. I really like that idea of just shocking everybody with, you know, the final reveal. Yeah. Who would you think that's in the in the team now who might not be part of
0: the team come Avengers 3 or even like
3: the start of the Hulk? Yeah. We've heard lots of rumors about the Hulk being invo- involved in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. future movies. Right. And I feel like he can not be on the Avengers but still be a fully fledged part of the Marvel Universe in the movies. So I feel like he's a natural as someone moving forward not being on the team. Um, Iron Man, I also, I, I think just knowing that it's Cap assembling them makes me think that none of the biggies are going to be on the team anymore. Yeah. No no Thor, no Iron Man, no Hulk. Just Cap and whoever's left. Cap, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and whoever the newbies are. I don't... hmm. It's tough. It's all just speculation.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you think audiences are ready to see a movie that is comprised of Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Captain Marvel...
3: Um, I mean, they're talking about an Inhumans movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they are ready as, as the numbers for Guardians of the Galaxy are showing. Audiences are ready for new characters and new experiences. And they're ready to let go of Thor and Captain America and, uh, Iron Man. I don't think they're letting go of those characters. I think those characters will still exist in their own solo movies and in some role in future Avengers movies, even if not a direct part of the team. Okay. I don't know.
0: I'm just... I'm having a hard time understanding where they're going now. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I understand the fact that, yeah, the Avengers, they do change. The teams do change over the years. Mm-hmm. But I'm just... I guess because I guess we're still just... Like, we just finished Phase 2. I'm having a hard time thinking, like... Phase 4, Phase 5. Yeah. Well, this is just fake, thinking Phase 3 even, right? Well, Phase 3, I mean, you've still got Captain Amer- Chris Evans signed for Captain America. You still have yeah. Tony Stark signed for Avengers 3. You've still got Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. You've still got all these core guys signed on for these movies. So, I mean, after Avengers 3, I think that's when we can expect maybe – Are they going to wrap up this Thanos story after that and then go on to something else?
3: After Avengers 3? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I think we're on the road to Marvel event movies. I really think that's going to happen. I really feel like it's more than Avengers 4. What we're going to see is Marvel Civil War or Marvel Secret Wars or Marvel this and that. You know what I'm saying? I really feel like that's the direction we're going with this. Okay. Um. Let's see here.
0: Uh, yeah, enough Avengers talk. I don't know. That's
3: It's really confusing to me. Yeah, I, I'm excited. It makes me super excited for that final scene in Avengers 2. Yeah. Who's going to be on the team? Well, I mean, we can, can we throw Vision in there? Yeah, Vision will probably be on the new team, I would think. Yeah. All right, Jeremy
0: Renner, he was speaking with Collider, and they were talking about all of his upcoming projects, and he slipped in this little nugget of information. He says, there are rumblings of Captain America 3. I don't know what's going to happen there. I've got to find the time. I'm trying to stay home and I can't. So Whoa. could we see Hawkeye in Captain America 3? Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe Captain America, Falcon, and Hawkeye this time around. So, I mean, does that leave Black Widow out of the film to do her own movie? Um, recently Game of Thrones director, Neil Marshall has already come out and said in an interview he had with Vanity Fair that he'd love to do a Black Widow movie. He was quoted as saying, I would love to do a Black (laughs) Widow movie. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's perfect. I would love to do that. That character is really interesting. She doesn't have any superpowers. She's just, she just has extraordinary skills and the world that she comes from. Being this ex KGB assassin, I find that really fascinating. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like there, there's there's some talk of having you know Renner in Captain America three. There were early drafts that were written for Captain America: The Winter Soldier where he was in there. Or- I wish they would do more with Hawkeye. Yeah, you and me both. And they're promising that, though, in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah, that he's going to get a bigger part. Him and Hulk. Yeah, are we'll getting bigger we'll parts. See. So, I mean, from everything I've seen, from all the, like the pictures and stuff like that, it looks like he's got a bigger part. I, I hope so. He needs one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we've seen him in Thor, and then it felt like we saw him in like one third of the Avengers. Yeah, if even if that, more like one fifth. Yeah. Um. But this black, you know, this Black Widow movie that this Neil Marshall was talking about. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, this guy he can express all he wants. Yeah, he's just
3: some fanboy, basically.
0: It's yeah, it's up to Kevin Feige to to pull the trigger on this. Um, I think it's less likely that Black Widow would show up in Cap Three if we do get Hawkeye. I agree. Um, I I I really think, and I think like they think that. To have both Cap and Widow and Hawkeye in there, it's just going to be like a fucking love triangle. Yeah. And who wants
3: that? Nope. nope. Nope, nope, Yeah, I agree with you. It's either one or the other. Right. I would personally rather see just a Hawkeye Black Widow movie.
0: Yeah. It <sighs> – <sighs> Let me explain why. I, I, I would have been excited about that a year ago. Yeah. But now you've got Jeremy Renner who – this guy is – I like him. Yeah. My favorite movie he was in was The Hurt Locker. Okay. Okay. I really liked him in The Hurt Locker. What has he really done since Hurt Locker that has been absolutely like hands down – amazing
3: yeah i agree with that
0: okay can he carry his own movie i know he was in the the hansel and gretel movie which you either loved or you hated yeah i wasn't the biggest fan of that okay so that didn't do too well no they are making a sequel but it wasn't like the biggest hit among amongst fans okay all right let's see what else he did the the born movie the born movie which was from what fans took from it It was the worst born movie that has come out yeah i've heard that too okay the american hustle movie Mm -hmm. the character he played in that movie was not even the character that he wanted to play he wanted christian bale's character yeah
3: he was good in his role though he
0: was good in his role but he didn't get the christian bale character which was a bigger role in the film yeah okay I don't know if – and then, I mean, I like Scarlett Johansson. I really do, and I love her as Black Widow. But, I mean, even, I like the Lucy movie, but, I mean, it wasn't as huge a hit as they
3: wanted. No, no, it wasn't. But it's hard to – with the Marvel name attached, I think it would be a big hit. I think that's bigger than the actress names. Maybe. Yeah.
0: I you know, I, I'm just saying, like um, – Just because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has the Marvel logo on it, I'm not
3: watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. week to week. No, I'm not either. But, I mean, it still pulls in big ratings. Sure. It still does well. The ratings go –
0: the ratings have dipped. Yeah. Every week that it's come out. It's not not holding steady. It's not like – it's not a sensation like you would think. It's not what they wanted. It's definitely not what they wanted. No,
3: it's definitely not what they wanted. I mean – they you can say
0: game. whatever you want to about, like, Walking Dead. But the thing is, like, that's a ratings monster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. After every season, like, everybody, like, like, oh, everybody goes back. And, like, people that haven't watched it, they get caught up on all these series. And so, like, every time they premiere, like, season four, it did, like, gangbusters as far as, like, the premiere night. Oh, definitely. I'm just saying that my big thing is, like... Are people going to come out and watch a a Jeremy Renner Black Widow movie?
3: Are people going to come out and see that? It, it and I think yes. Okay. I, I I mean I really do. Well,
0: and why? Why? I mean I I understand like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I think it started off really good. Yeah. And. If the movie wanted, if it wasn't a good movie, it wouldn't have kept the steam that it had because, like, it overtook TMNT again. Yeah, it took overtook like you know uh, Sin City and all these other movies that came out because it was a great movie. Yeah, I mean, the things that had it going for it were like it was like Star Wars, it was like science fiction. Kids loved it because it had a fucking raccoon. It had a had a walking tree. I
3: agree if they don't make a good movie it's not going to be it's not going to make money just because it has Marvel's name I mean at the end of the day it still has to be a good movie but I think the foundations to make a good movie are definitely there and if the good movie is made I don't see how it couldn't make money
0: Have they done enough with Hawkeye's character to make people want to go out and see a Hawkeye movie
3: Yeah but you have to do something at some point and we're not that's why we tie Black Widow into it I mean, if we don't have the time of day for Hawkeye in, in Avengers movies, and we want to do anything with the character, we have to we have to start somewhere. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it
0: I think it fits more in like in putting him in a Captain America three movie and giving him like that bigger role as far as like giving him the role of like um, uh, Scarlett Johansson in that type of movie. I I just I don't know if Jeremy Renner is like going to be. The draw to bring people out and see this movie, um, and like, it also has to do with, like, who are they going to get as a director I agree. for this movie? I agree. Who's going to be the big bad for this movie? Yeah. Um, they haven't fleshed out the character enough, in my opinion, to make people really want to go out and see, like, and where does this fit anyway in these Marvel movies? They're doing two a year. Yeah. Two movies a well,
3: year. I'm, and I'm then, just saying, I'd like to see it. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I, I don't hold that against me. I'd like to see a Hawkeye Blackwood Widow movie, and I also believe yeah. that it would make money. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't.
0: I think it would make money. I just, I, 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 do, I just don't think that it was it, with with what Marvel's wanting to do as far as like, I mean, everything that they're putting out now is making like. Gangbusters as far as the movies go. No,
3: and I, I agree with you. I and the reason I bring it up is because I don't think they will do it. Yeah, I'm not bringing it up because I think they will do it.
0: No, I'd love to see like a. I love Hawkeye. He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah,
3: but I, like right now,
0: the way that they've used that character, I just I, I can't see it being like. I
3: feel like you have to start somewhere though, and that's a that's a that'd be a good platform to do it. Yeah, I I don't know maybe. I don't know, I
0: guess I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about it like, maybe I'm playing devil's advocate at this point, because I know Marvel's got like their banner and it means so much, but like on the flip side it's like, god, Jeremy Renner, I loved him in Hurt Locker, I love, I I like him as an actor, but it's like, you know, after Hansel and Gretel, it's like, do I, I don't know, can he really hold a movie like this, like after Bourne and after all that, or it's like, I'm worried about it being the first Marvel flop. Is
3: is, is Black Widow and yeah, Hawkeye I w- enough? I wouldn't be worried about a movie that's never going to happen being
0: Marvel's first flop.
3: Yeah, it'll probably never
0: happen. I don't see it happening either. Yeah. But. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I would just personally like it as a fan. It yeah. sucks to me to get Hawkeye that he has to be tied to Avengers, that he has to be tied to Captain America, that he has to be tied to this. I'd like to see Hawkeye not tied— to the popular hero. Yeah. And get a kind of. If they could do a Matt Fraction comic book take on it,
0: I would watch that all day long. Yeah, for sure. So, but. That's kind of all I'm saying. But I'm thinking that's more of a Netflix series.
3: And I'm excited. If Hawkeye's going to be in Captain America 3, I am all about that. I'm super excited for mm-hmm. that. That's just more chance for the character to hopefully take off or for them to do something fun with the character. Right, right.
0: Sorry to be such a downer when it comes to Hawkeye. It's not like I, it's not like I'm not a fan of Hawkeye. I just, I'm trying to think about it from like Marvel's point of view. Like is this something that they want a green light?
3: Hashtag Brian hates Hawkeye. Fuck
0: that. <laughs>
3: Hashtag Brian hates Jeremy
0: Renner. No, that's not true at all.
3: <laughs> that's not true at all.
0: Uh, let's take a little break here.
5: <laughs> I'm fresh. You got you gotta, you gotta. You gotta. Be
0: hey guys, we're back. Um, we're going to be wrapping this one up here real quickly. And I apologize. I'm not feeling well now. Jake, you were sick last week. Yeah, I'm still not 100% myself either. So I don't blame you. And Frank is sick right now. And I'm starting to feel like shit. So uh, we were going to do some more Marvel news, a lot of DC news, and some Star Wars news. We're going to finish it up with uh, with an important DC news We'll do Star Wars and all that stuff next week. I do apologize. I am just feeling like shit right now. So I did want to talk about this and then I got to, God damn it. I got to drive an hour and a half to get home. Oh, Jesus, man. So
3: best, best luck with that.
0: Hopefully I'll make it. Um, looks like, uh, actor Scoot McNary was caught on the set of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, according to Badass Digest. Scoot McNary, he is best known for being in Argo, in the, uh, Argo directed by Batman himself, um, Ben Affleck. He's also going to be in Gone Girl, starring Ben Affleck, that comes out on October 3rd. Yeah, the new David Fincher flick. And it looks really good. Yeah, I bet. It looks really, really, really good. I think I'm gonna see that one in the theaters. Yeah, me too. Looks like a real nail biter. Yeah. I think it looks really, really good. Um, Scoot, McG- Scoot McNary, he joins the list of actors like Ben Affleck and Ryan Reynolds that will have played both a Marvel and DC character.
3: <laughs> That's interesting.
0: Yeah, Scoot McNary, do you know who he played in Marvel? No. Scoot McNary played Jack Norris in the Marvel one-shot All Hail the King. Oh, Okay, then. Yeah, I don't think that counts. Why would it? Who's Jack Norris? Jack Norris. He was in the Marvel one-shot, man. Jack Norris. Who is that? I don't know. I never saw that because the reason I never saw All Hail the King is yeah. because I never watched Iron Man 3 on Blu-ray or DVD. Oh, gotcha. And I don't know. I, I, I didn't like the character of Trevor to begin with. Yeah. So I didn't want to see it. Yeah. I didn't want to see All Hail the King. Yeah. I'll be honest. I admit, I
3: haven't seen it. I can. I don't blame you. I, I knew you <laughs> hadn't, kind of.
0: Uh, Scoot was also in Monsters, directed by the Godzilla director Gareth Edwards, and he was also in 12 Years a Slave.
3: He gets around.
0: Yep. Anyway, there was a picture of him taken uh, that showed him dressed up in a nice button-up shirt and slacks, but with green socks on, which covered the slacks up to his knees. So people are speculating this is for green screen effects to turn him into The Flash. Hmm. So, do we have our flash, Jake?
3: I don't know. That's interesting. Wow. I don't know. Ben Affleck pulled some strings for that one, probably, huh? Do you think?
0: Um, as far- Oh, because they've done a couple movies together? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I think Ben Affleck probably has something to do with it, I'm sure. But I... I don't know. I mean, I I think it just seems like a weird reason to have CGI socks, like green screen socks. Um, But um, Badass Digest, they say that their sources have told them that Flash does show up in the film. And by the end of the movie, they have a Justice League team assembled. That includes Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and the Flash. According to those sources, we will not see a Green Lantern in the picture until Justice League. Yeah, They say, how accurate are my sources? I don't know. I trust them enough to run this information, so I'm hoping they're right. And everything that's been coming out of this production has been pointing at them being at least on the right track. So,
3: yeah, they're saying, you know. It's hard not to believe, right? I mean, it, it, the movie is called Dawn of Justice. So. Well,
0: yeah, I believe that, that yeah. they're setting it up for the Justice League. But a new report about Scoot McNary came out from the Devil's Eyes, is reporting that he is not playing the Flash and have heard from an extra on the set that there's another explanation for the Green Sox. They go on to say, because, like, people are thinking, these Green socks, oh, they're going to use it for... Their green, ski-
3: their lightning feet or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but, uh, the devil's eyes, they say, uh, they, they say the extra states it like this. Scoot is playing Jimmy Olsen, but with a bit of a twist. Jimmy was injured during the Battle of Zod versus Superman. His legs were pinned under falling building rubble, and that caused him to lose the legs. He now walks with the use of two prosthetic legs. The source goes on to add, he doesn't blame Superman for it. He feels grateful that Superman saved the world. Weak.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I don't. I, I think casting Scoot McNary as Flash is weak, so I'm happy with him being Jimmy Olsen. He's like the Man of Steel
3: apologist character. I knew you'd say something like that. <laughs> I'm grateful that Superman saved the world, and I don't care that I don't have my legs anymore. Well,
0: instead of losing his legs, he could have lost, I don't know, they could have lost everything. Yeah. The whole world could have been
3: terraformed and Yeah, I hear you.
0: It, it, no, no, okay. Well, okay, I don't know. There's a few ways He's to lucky look at he's it. alive
3: compared so. to other people that were in the way of Superman's wrath. At least he at least he's still breathing. I thought we weren't going to do this. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm
0: sick right now. I thought we weren't going to do this until Batman v. Superman came out. Then we can fucking no holds barred. We can talk about this again.
3: I'm sorry you brought up the made of steel apologist character that this guy's going to play.
0: I'm just quoting. You know what? I'm just (laughs) quoting what they fucking said that this extra said. (laughs) Superman. I don't think Superman went around killing people and most of the people were killed during the terraforming process anyway i didn't see people flying out
3: of buildings and people dying people were running away most of people were not killed during the terraforming. Well, they're still running it's not like yeah. they're dead yeah but they some are dying
0: yeah because of the terraforming
3: and the buildings being knocked over and gas stations exploding did okay could you okay
0: i want you to point out one scene where you saw somebody dying because of a building because a superman knocked it over i i will Okay, I want to see these dead bodies lined up. Well, you're not going to see the dead bodies. Thank either. you. Yes, thank you. Because, oh god, I can't believe we're fucking doing this. <laughs> Superman's the only one trying to stop these motherfuckers and save the world, and everybody's bitching about God. The god bless this of, man. But a bunch of architecture getting knocked down, some architecture that's already fucked up because of the terraforming. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry I brought it up to you. I, I couldn't help it, though. I mean, this character, its it totally seems like that's what's going on here. I know. I get it, too. Don't you think that I don't read that shit,
0: too? But you know what? I can understand why Zack Snyder's throwing this guy in there because of people like you. I, I don't blame him. They either. have to fucking throw him in there. Thank you, Superman, for saving my life. I, I lost my fucking legs because of all this bullshit, but thanks for saving my life.
3: I would rather they deal with it where Batman sees him as the, you know, as a threat, an alien threat for what he did, and Batman's taking him down for that reason. I, That's
0: what they need to do.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree.
0: No, I can see, I can see like both sides of it because yeah. like they've showed like I can see both sides of it. I can see like Lex. Luther wanting to take him down because of that reason. And I can also see Batman wanting to take him down for that reason. And
3: I've gone on record as saying if they do that, (coughs) then it redeems it a little bit in Mm -hmm. Man of Steel, how it happens and everything. But I've yet to see that that's what's going to happen. And it makes me think it won't happen if we've got this you know, Man of Steel apologist character.
0: Well, I mean, I think there's going to be there's two sides to everything. I think there's going to be people that say like, "Oh, oh, we declare this Superman Day because we heard about the Superman, the oh, the, yeah. the statue that they've erected." I think there's going to be people like that. But then I think there's going to be a group of people that say like, "He came here. Nothing like this happened before he came here, and he needs to get the fuck off the planet." Yeah,
3: trouble came with him. Right. And exactly. It, it wouldn't have came. Zod wouldn't have been there in the first place if he would have just not been here in the first place. Right. And you know what? Which is true,
0: yeah, but Jake, he was sent here as a baby, oh no, 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 no it, am I am I or am I not right yeah, did he did he really have a choice to be sent here you're You're correct, okay, the sins of the father, I mean, if you're going to blame anybody, blame his father, yeah, don't blame Superman, I mean, he came here, he's a little boy, he had no idea that he was even from another planet, Jake, yeah. I, I mean, heard. he wasn't, it wasn't even revealed to him until later on in the movie when his father told him he was from another planet because of all the shit that's been happening to him, the super hearing, the super vision and all that shit. He fell in love with the people of Earth. He did. He was conflicted throughout the movie and the movie showed his confliction between like, you know, the people of Krypton, but he ultimately chose the people of Earth. He ultimately chose humanity. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, he didn't choose to be here. I'm sure like, his life would have been a hell of a lot easier had he
3: just like if, if Krypton didn't fuck up their society to begin with and he could have lived on Krypton with his family. Yeah, I just think humanity deserves a better savior than Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder Superman. You're not the only one in that camp. Yeah. But I think that this movie I think that they
0: didn't want to do what every other fucking Superman movie's done before in the past. Oh sure. You know, they wanted to they wanted to mix it up a little bit. They wanted to give us a new updated Superman. They wanted to show like what it would be like to have an alien on the planet now how people would react to this
3: yeah and i can't argue that they didn't do that but was it interesting to me no not, i liked not it. at all i loved it i gave the movie a tupperware so yeah
0: but you know i mean i don't know whatever god i can't believe we're talking about this
3: fucking shit again you brought it up and i'm sick too <laughs> <laughs> i'm blaming you I just don't point it, but Badass digest. I just, no, I I, I got to
0: report this shit. I thought this was like one of the most important stories of the week because a lot of people were thinking that Scoot McNary was going to be the Flash and it really sounds like he's going to be Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. So, yeah. And the way he's dressed, it looks like he's going to be a Jimmy Olsen character.
3: Yeah. I, I, I agree with you that it's absolutely silly to think he was going to be the Flash.
0: Yeah. You know, and the thing is, it's like... um I thought, though, like there were rumors at one time. Remember Jenny, the intern? Like she was going to be the replacement for Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, I heard that rumor too. Yeah, yeah. but it sounds like they're going to put him into this movie. So, all right. Ah, shit, is there anything else that I wanted to talk about?
3: We're wrapping it up. I, If we're wrapping it up, I want to remind everyone oh, one, one, more t-
0: one more thing before oh, we go wrap Oh, go for it, go for it. To celebrate, let's see here. Yeah, to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Ben Affleck being cast as Batman. Batman News, (laughs) um, yeah,
3: to to
0: celebrate.
3: (laughs) It's the one anniversary news. Yeah.
0: Batman News, uh, they dropped a scoop about a scene from Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, which they've received details about. Last week, Zack Snyder was shooting in Detroit's Masonic Temple, a building which is used as a reception hall for weddings and similar type events. For this movie, though, a large kitchen in the building was transformed into what the site describes as an underground MMA fighting arena and bar, yeah. similar to the one from Fight Club. People of all types of backgrounds are there betting on the outcome of the fights, and Bruce Wayne shows up to bet as well, which makes people wonder, what's this billionaire doing here? And he says, I'm kind of a night person and has a conversation with someone at the bar, it's hard to imagine this just being a random moment thrown into the movie uh, into sh- to show us what the vigilante gets up to in his downtime. So it should be very interesting to see how the location factors into Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Any
3: guesses on what happens in this scene? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe there's some significance in who's fighting who. Maybe Batman's there to kind of scope out information on somebody, you know? Yeah, um, I don't think that he's going to be fighting in this
0: scene. No, I me neither. Because it's Bruce Wayne showing up as himself. But,
3: I mean, there's it's like an underground MMA mm-hmm. fighting ring. Maybe there's something going on that he's coming to watch, you know? Or maybe he's just coming to get information from Jimmy the Goon or whoever, you know? Right. Um, I thought maybe, for a second there, I thought maybe he's showing up
0: to watch... It's they, they've said in the past that it sounds like him and Dick Grayson have a rocky relationship now. Got That's you. been a rumor in the past. I was thinking maybe for some reason he was showing up to watch, you know, Dick Grayson. Maybe he's like he's not who he used to be, huh. and maybe he's like kind of destructive, and maybe he's just fighting for money now in these cage matches. Oh,
3: that's so maybe
0: he's there to watch watch Dick Grayson in an MMA fight, Yeah, reconnect. That,
3: yeah, we're kind of on the same page here, that the significance in the scene is who he's coming to watch fight. Right. Yeah. yeah. My guess is it's possibly Nightwing. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be a neat way to sneak him in. Yeah. So. so yeah. All right. Guys, I am so sorry. I'm not feeling well. Yeah. We're going to have to wrap this up. That's okay. It was my fault last week. Yeah. At least at least when it's your fault, we still have a three-hour-plus episode. So yeah, don't that's Don't feel true. too bad about yourself. That's true. And I, I was going to remind everyone one more time about the Scoshbox Box contest. Um, post on Facebook. on Like them on Facebook and then post on their wall that you heard about them on Pop Culture Leftovers. And do the same on Twitter, but tweet at them and us. And everyone who does that will get a chance to win a free month, so... Thanks, everyone, for listening. Brian, get feeling better. I
0: will. All right, guys. Thanks, Leftover Army. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Maybe Frank will be back. We'll all be uh, healthy next week.
3: Yeah, and what's the deal again? Like every – Oh, yeah, like uh, I
0: don't know. uh, Fuck doggy bags. I'm going to need a fucking – Yeah. I'm going to need a vomit bag here. I'm going to need a (laughs) bag to puke in here in a second. No, just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags – Thank you for listening, and thanks for your patronage. We'll see you next week. Bye.
4: Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers.
0: Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway,
2: if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at
4: popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as
0: always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there, comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you and you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David and thank you. And
1: check us out on Tumblr too, motherfuckers. <laughs>
2: And don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. Yeah, that just happened. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids
3: it's a trap!
2: Good to toss it, good to taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean not race it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture, spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, over. Pop culture, leftovers, and we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture, leftovers, podcasts that are and good i have already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the chaff And we're the chaff, the crap Even though we're the shit, woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good to toss it, going taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace it Tupperware party! Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, push over Pop culture, I'm left leftovers And with the Cool kids, what's to say has already been said, Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, Pop Culture Leftover. it taste it, do we love it hey let's face it can't erase it let's embrace it tupperware party, party. subculture over like a vulture carryover counterculture pushovers. over pop culture leftovers i with the uncool kids what's to say has already been said leftovers, leftovers. And the only
1: talent is the band that's singing this pop culture
2: leftovers